Yo, yo, yo. What's good, man? It's 2021. We back. Happy to be here, man. How you feeling? Man, you know, uh, just shout outs, first of all, to our Sip of Spades uh, audience, our followers, our family um, that have supported Sip of Spades. We haven't been able to bring you guys the events um, in 2020 like we wanted to. And it, it, it came at a time, you know, it came at a time where we really were um, confident about our growth and where we are about to take things to the next level. But, you know, we're back. It's 2021 and, and we're going to bring you these episodes digitally, um, very frequent, very often with a lot of cool guests until we can get back in person and, and do it the right way. Um, so you guys can get used to hearing us and soon we'll be back in the same rooms playing spades together again. But, you know, one exciting thing that has come out of all of this is that we entered a new venture where we were able to create our very own deck of spades cards. We were the co-creators of this deck, um, Bicycle Spades from the biggest card playing company in the world. And um, those are available on the Bicycle website. You can Google Bicycle Spades and they'll pop right up. And yeah, I mean, these were made for spades players and you know, we're gonna be playing digitally today, but I've actually um, taken the liberty of uploading our Bicycle Spades deck into the app. So you'll see us playing with our very own Bicycle Spades deck until you see us playing with it in person. And um, today's decks is, today's guest is my man, Dexter Darden. Um, he's an actor, he's one of the stars of the new Saved by the Bell reboot. Um, he dropped a bunch of films in 2020 and he's, he's red hot right now. He's one of those guys to watch, so. Dex is a definitely unique, cool personality. Happy that he's able to drop in and kick it with us today. And I think you're going to definitely enjoy the conversation. And we're about to bring our man, Dex. Yo, so we are back. It's 2021. This is the first ever digital episode of the Sip of Spades podcast. For better or worse, we here, man. Um, <laughs> back with my brothers. Um, for y'all that haven't seen us in a minute, once again, I'm Greg Cali film director, um, spades enthusiast, spades expert, I should say, spades expert. Um, expert. And and um, and uh, and me and my brothers here, you know, we're the curators of the Sipping Spades events that you guys have made very popular and successful and, you know, host of your podcast. So I'm going to pass it on to Reg before we get into our special guest. Yes. Reggie, we're happy to be back. Um, you know, I guess it's almost time to call me Reggie X again. <laughs> like History Month coming up, we're going to have to bring that Reggie X out. Hey, <laughs> man. Hey, man. Come on, man. See, we did it. We did it. See, um, man, it, it, very happy to be back. Um, you know, with this COVID thing, you know, kind of threw us off track, but um, definitely ready to give y'all more content. Um, but yes, Reggie, I'm, you know, I'm an event curator. Um, I got my hands in a lot of things. Um, 2021 is going to be another great year. Um, and yeah, let me pass it all to, to Prop. What's going on, y'all? Hope all, everyone's healthy, happy. It's a happy new year, by the way. First episode. Uh, just happy to be back. Happy y'all tuning in and looking forward to a new year. Um, we're going to break dice with what? Like, what are we going to kick it off with, Greg? Well, first of all, I mean, let me introduce my man, Dex. I got my man, Dexter Darden, in here. 
um, actor extraordinaire. He also got the vocals. So <laughs> we're gonna get into a little bit about that because every project he'll be dancing, singing. So he's a little bit of a Renaissance man. Um, and actually it's crazy because, you know, I haven't had the pleasure of meeting Dex in person yet, but Spades has brought us together. We've formed a friendship through Spades in the panoramic. Um, so that just shows you the power of Spades. So um, one time, you know, before I let Dex say something, let, let's 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 take a little uh, toast, man. Let's toast to being Cheers, here, man. The Black Brotherhood, and 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 get shit popping, man. Cheers, man. Cheers, cheers, cheers. cheers. I'm sober this one, so I'm not drinking. Oh, here we go, man. He he fake sipping and stating. <laughs> hey, man, I had to get something with no sugar. I I, I decided not to do any sugar meat or cooked food period for the first two weeks of january so. oh you gotta actually be coming up with something huh ah, yeah, this nigga know. got something to tuck <laughs> nigga got something to tuck nigga i'll peep you well, nah, you know what it, it started with in, in the beginning of every year i always try to do something that's challenged myself try to fast from something whether it be social media or you know uh just anything the news um, so, uh, of course, I, there's always something looming. There's a project coming up that I'm like, you know what? I really do want to get in the right shape and be able to do the right thing. But my, might as well also tie it into a fast. It could just lead to me, you know, having more of a healthy diet as we keep it going. So, you know, I was getting real reckless out here. I live in California now. So when I was I was eat, cooking dinner and then ordering Roscoe's for dessert, just on, uh, on whatever, because I can. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, I mean, that's what happens when you start, you know booking projects left and right. You know, your account looking nice. You just be ordering shit you don't even need. I'm like, I don't need this Roscoe's, but I want it. So Why the fuck not? DoorDash got a $7 fee, so fuck exactly. it, I got it. Exactly. I got like, it. Like, throw that plus a tip. Yeah, so right I mean, I mean, I, even though even though it's digital, man, y'all still gonna get this spade smoke. So, yeah, you know, we gonna on, hop on the on, app and get the game going. So I know this is your first time on the pod, Dex, but we just gonna talk and play. You just gonna have to multitask a little bit. Good thing I'm you got me it, on man. your I'm team. You got me on your team. You, you know what we do. You know what we do. There was a there was a there was a point in time, man, when we was in the chat and me and Greg was. <laughs> we, we lost every busted. time we played. <laughs> we, we lost would lose by like five hundred. <laughs> And then miraculously, we just somehow figured it out because me and him play exactly the same. So we like, let me go ahead and figure out. What we <laughs> you said what? Y'all the Knicks of 2021. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. For sure. For sure. For sure. And like, we all grew up seeing the damn 7 a.m. Um, <laughs> 7 a.m. reruns of Say by the Bell on every morning, TBS Word. and shit like that. And Word. now Word. you're like, you're on this reboot of Saved by the Bell. First of all, tell us about um, how you got the role, how it came to be and everything like that. And just like how the reception's been, man. It's on Peacock, everybody's checking it out. Like, Man, I mean, we, honestly, we could not be more blessed, man. You know, diving into, Diving into this, when it, when I, when the opportunity came across my desk to even be a part of it, I was like, oh, okay, man, it's a, it seems like something I would love to, I would love to do. Um, so you know, I, I had questions and comments and concerns and hesitations and going into the project. Um, but you know, when I realized that it wasn't going to be the traditional multi-camera, um, the traditional multi-camera slapsticky 
live audience, laugh track kind of show. And it was going to be grounded in more reality and grounded in more places that we could attack more topics that need to be talked about. Um, not just as a, you know, as the world, but also topics that really need to be talked about amongst the African-American community. Um, it was definitely something that I knew I wanted to be a part of. So, um, you know, I, I was blessed to audition and get the job and fall into something that I really think is, that I really think is a great opportunity. Do wow, you remember that? Bids. This nigga's put a six on our eight, no respect. <laughs> um, do you remember the moment that, like, you got the call, like, yo, parts yours and like what your reaction was yeah man um so i had i had literally just flown back from egypt um my mom turned 70 and i was like you know what i'm gonna take my mother to egypt um for her birthday i had friends getting married out there and i really just wanted to go out there to be able to just um kind of reset man i had a really interesting 2019 and you know as actors you have careers and there's roles that come across your way that might that you might think look promising, but might not necessarily end up becoming promising. So, um, so basically for me, I was like, you know what? Let me just go to Egypt and just let everything go. So I had my first couple auditions right before I left for Egypt. And then um, I got a call while in Egypt saying that, you know, they wanted to, uh, they wanted to screen test me for the part. So I said, perfect, let's go ahead and do it. Um, and and, um, you know, I went into the audition room, man. And for some reason, I just knew the world was mine. The kid's name is Devontae. He was a former athlete troublemaker at his old school and was getting the opportunity to come to a newer school to have a, a newer beginning. And I just could relate to that, man. You know, I grew up in a city called Camden, New Jersey, which isn't necessarily the most uh, kind area in the country. You know what I'm saying? Niggas get the busing out there. So when my mom moved this out and then I got the chance to go to private school and kind of just redefine myself. Um, I, 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 I really started falling in love with the arts. You know, I'm a former basketball player, Hooper. So really started falling in love with the arts, really started finding um, a, a love for music and dance and film and, and, and TV. So I said, you know what, let me just go ahead and dive into this. So when I saw Devontae is interested in all those kinds of things and has a very similar background, I felt connected. So um, I'll go in and I do the screenshot. I mean, the 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 the, uh, the screen the screen test, and um, I was the only person there who was testing for my role. You know, they saw I think they saw about ten thousand kids for the part, but then I was the only one there who who they ended up bringing down to the final to the final to the final countdown. So I ended up realizing that you know what, this is mine to lose, and I'm not going to lose it. So as soon as I left the room. I had landed from Egypt the day of my screen test. I landed from Egypt after a 14 hour flight. Um, sorry, 36 hour flight. <laughs> um, 36 hour what? Yeah, 36 hour flight from Egypt. We had to fly from Cairo to Luxembourg, Germany, and then from Germany home. Um, so then I landed, I, I went in there, I sang, I was jet lagged as a motherfucker dog, but I, I, I ended up figuring it out. and. And I got home and maybe not even two hours after my audition, I got the call saying I booked the role. So um, the first person I called was my mom because she was nervous. You know, she was back home and I was out here in L.A. And um, it was really just it was a, it was a, a great moment for, for us and our family. You know, just finally a, a new step. Oh, so y'all used to get set, huh? Stuckies. Stuckies. <laughs> Speaking about Speaking about a great moment, we talking about Stuckies, my man. We ate our own. 
They wanted to put a six on our eight. I said, all right. They, oh, must, they, they must think I'm just a rook, Greg. They got to understand. Just because, <laughs> just because no, they had, underbid, just because they the diamonds walk on the ace, I'm like, I got to figure out how to read. Like, like, I put that ace and it, and and prop cut with the, the diamond. And then I, and then before that, I, I, um, I would have won on the Queen of Diamonds. I mean, prop would have Niggas got all the excuses. Prop would have won on the Jack of Diamond, but I cut over him with a Queen of Diamond. So, that was yeah. my so you wanna, it's all good. Yeah. yeah did did yeah, y'all, I mean, yo, Reg, Reg and Prop, did y'all have a favorite episode of Saved by the Bell or like an episode that like a favorite moment or something about Saved by the Bell growing up? Um... Damn, I don't know if I even remember the, the 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 those moments. It was all blended to the one. I mean, you know, you had your your like. I remember thinking a uh, 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 Slater was a simp. Screech was un unfairly like like you know unfairly uh, 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 tortured. Um, you know, uh, and you know, probably the biggest moment for for me was was uh, um, that at the time, like Lisa, Lisa Turtle, right? like like right, she she yeah, was um, she was a, a black woman on a show that was predominantly you know uh, um, was white, and that was like someone you could like be like oh shit that's cool you know what I mean, so yeah, that's my memories of, of the of the show. Yeah, I, I was a little bit triggered. I think the start of my being triggered by um, uh, cool white guys stealing our black queens was when Zach. Zach started dating Lisa. And then like two episodes later, he was like, let's just be friends. I'm like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> you know, Yo, a, little in, a little Sippin' Spades podcast uh, inside scoop. Okay. The reason they did that on the show is because they started dating in real life. Oh, that's shit. A that's a gem. Damn. You see, it's, it goes that's into my theory. Gem. It goes that's into my gem. theory. I don't, even know, I don't even know if that's like widely known. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but, okay. I, I, never heard, I never heard of that. This this goes oh, right back into my theory. Look at Dex's face. He just saw the bitch. Not this mug, but you know the bitch look right according to my hands. So really <laughs> this, but you you breaking this news about um about uh them dating in real life is crazy because I've had this growing theory that black actresses love white guys for some reason, mm. right? Mm. So so Zoe Kravitz, Zoe Saldana, Zoe Saldana. I was at a um, premiere and I saw Zazie Beats. I was at the Jordan Peele Us premiere. Mm -hmm. I saw Zazie. We walking out the movie. I'm talking to her. And Chatting. her boyfriend Chatting. comes up. Yeah, her boyfriend comes up, this white guy, and he starts chatting. He's like, He's how, like how, how primal was that? And I'm like, bruh, we good here. <laughs> and then I realized, how like, primal? Oh. I said, oh, y'all together. <laughs> so I've been heartbroken over and over again by all these uh, beautiful black queens uh, have a little right. sweet tooth for that white chocolate. But, uh, <laughs> right, 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 right. 
Right. I mean, yeah, look. Zach ain't, have to, Zach ain't have to do Lisa Turtle like that, man. Yeah, he didn't. But you know so what happened? Crazy? They broke up like two episodes later, and then they was like, all right. Cut that shit out. <laughs> no, no, you know, I don't really know the truth. You know what I mean? Niggas was there when they was dating, right? But, like, I don't really know the true end-all, be-all as to why they broke up or what happened in that relationship. But, you know, it's hard. It's hard dating a castmate, right? It's hard showing up to work every day with your partner. I've done it before. Not on Save by the Bell for all y'all looking for spoiler alerts. <laughs> y'all looking for spoiler alerts. No, we're gonna we're gonna dig through your filmography, baby. We gonna get I'm to the gonna, bottom. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna disclose <laughs> that piece of information just yet. But you have to give us like a, a timetable, like. <laughs> mm, that's a plot twist. That's a plot twist. Just know it's been done. That's all I'm saying. Just know. Mm-hmm. I've and done it was it a tough process. It wasn't tough when we were working together, right? But like you know, when when we when we finish, we still continue dating, and but it, it's it's hard in the sense of you know, work hours and demanding and our schedules and what we do. I mean, y'all know, y'all are familiar with the industry. And so, you know, how the process is of, of what, what, especially on the acting tip, what can be demanded of you emotionally, you know what I'm saying? Mentally, all that. So um, I, I, one thing that I really wanted to do was just kind of separate that. So I understand, you know, especially back then, listen, man, black women back then, oh, gee, what the fuck? Trust me, my brother. Oh. Oh, I trust you. I trust him. I trust him. I trust him. He know he only needed me to get that one. I got it. Um, sorry, this is board talk. This is the most we ever talk whenever we play this game ever in life in the history of No, I just said all right. I'm sorry. Are we allowed to curse on this? This is how yeah, I talk. Of course, you could curse, man. I'm like, I know I feel comfortable with my brothers, but I'm like, oh, you have the space table. This is this is unfiltered conversation. You know, when like, we play spades, we chat, we chat shit and do the whole thing. So I'm, I'm I feel oh, yeah. comfortable. I feel comfortable with y'all. So I'm just like, let me just go ahead and be. But listen, I've been doing a lot of say by the bell press, bro. And we 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 don't be really cussing like that. Gee, oh, we yeah, could have. Can imagine. Oh no, Gregory. Oh, I miscounted, didn't I? Oh, yeah, you miscounted. Uh, That's why I said, "Gee, what the fuck?" Uh, <laughs> I, I miscounted. That's my fault. That's my fault, Dex. I thought we needed one for the stock. My I, fault, I, I, Dex. I knew you had the. My the, fault. I knew you had the big Joker. I had the. I had my the fault, Dex. Waiting on. I skated intentionally. I tried to let him know, like, all right, nah, right. it's my fault. I miscounted, bro. Because I, I, I saw you. Because I saw you drop the Queen of Diamonds on the spade. On the club the first time, so I'm like, okay, let me skate on this one and I'll save my king. So it's bad. Yeah, no, no, no. Ah, I miscounted. I was trying to save the bags. Don't worry, y'all. Could, that's 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 a gift for you. We gave that's y'all a little, the first the first we gave y'all a gift. Gave you the gift. That's all. Nah, that's, that's, that's man. Whatever. Before, but now watch the yo, before, get a two hundred. Oh, you right. So you can put a wheels on our head top. Um, right. But yo, like, I was I was you know something. Like you're my man's, and I was nervous when I saw you were doing the Save by the Bell because I'm like, oh, I don't know how I feel about this. It's a remake, right? Right. How do right, you right. feel about remakes in general? What are some of the like best remakes and the worst remakes to you? Is this something that was in your mind before you got to set? Like a hundred percent. That's why I was like, I don't, that's why I was like, you know, I was coming off the binge. I was coming off my first leading role in in a crazy comedy, right? And I'm like, I don't know if this is the direction that I want to go in. Um, but the fact that it was very different from the original, the fact that it was 
multicam and not, I mean, it was single cam and not multicam, which means the performances could be more personal. And the fact that I felt like I had opportunities to get into my drama bag and really start showing all certain aspects of that. The fact that Matthew Cherry, who was one of my favorite young directors who won the Oscar for Hair Love, um, was attached to direct the episode. All of those things kind of made me interested in the project. So in terms of reboot, if I'm being 100% honest, no guess, not just because I'm on it, but I think Saved is up there. Um, okay. um, I really do. And, then, you know, I mean, LA Times, New York Times, People Magazine, they all agree just because they, we, we found a way to really keep it true to the nuance of the original of, of what Bayside meant to everybody, but found a way to talk about things like systemic racism and, and all of those things across the board. Um, so saved is up there. Um, what else is up there? <laughs> um, like in terms of reboots, reboots, like mm-hmm. what else has been out there that's been that good? So I can like that. You said what Hawaii Five O? I don't know if oh, I've seen the, the original. You've been on CBS yeah. for. A- a couple years, I actually think it's pretty good. Yeah, it's been on CBS forever, but has it has it gone off air and then come back? No, no, this is this is that's the remake. It, it, oh, this is the remake, like the, the '70s or something like that. Oh, I thought that should have been on forever. Okay, Ooh. so then in that case, MacGyver, shout out to my homegirl Tristan Mays, who's MacGyver. one of my best female friends. Uh, MacGyver's really killing the game right now. Um, you know, I think that they did a really great job with the new Shaft. Shout out to my brother Jesse T. Okay, Shaft was a good one. Um, I think Shaft is a shout. It it was really good. The first it, yes. the first one with the boy Bill Skarsgård came on and hi, Joey. Wait, so was it from the past too, bro? Yeah. What you remember it him when he was a kid? I'm not a horror movie dude, man. Oh, <laughs> Word. Man. Let me tell Exorcism you how, of Elementary Rose after that, I was like, nah, I'm good. Rob, let me I'm tell you, brother, good. how I call how, how I call it when I was at camp one time, bro. That shit messed me all the way up. I couldn't <laughs> sleep. I was under the covers like, hmm. like this, doc. Um, just... So yeah, I mean, there's been a couple, but listen, man, people like nostalgia. That's what we're realizing in the industry, man, because the world is becoming so convoluted with opinions and content due to social media and everybody's got something that they can do and talk about and be a part of um people are like man i I miss i miss when we used to wear air force ones with baggy tees you know what i'm saying people Mm -hmm. are like man i miss watching the things that we watched as a kid that we were able to just go in and escape from everything that's happening right now because so much content is not saying that original content isn't fantastic and not, not saying that we love don't love original ideas because I'm the first to be like any original idea that's coming down the pipe, I'm down to be a part of it. Right. So I love the creativity. But I think I think the reason that there are trying so many reboots is because people do miss uh, that one little iota of nostalgia and and um, feeling comfortable. For for me, for me, one of the ones that I could say that I was a little bit um Disappointed with, in a sense, it was um, was um, the Boomerang remake that Lena did, not because the show is bad, but because it was a total different show that they used under the guise of the Boomerang name. Mm-hmm. And the one connection to the show that they had was that they made the main character like Eddie Murphy's daughter, but then they me too to Eddie Murphy's character in the reboot. So in my mind, I'm like, that's so disrespectful how y'all are 
essentially I didn't even watch it to be 100% murdering the character you're murdering the original character for something that yeah. happened 30 years ago y'all are in this series this reboot saying yo he was a womanizer and putting him in the me too so that that didn't sit well with me i was just like yo you can't remake something and then kind of like take a jab at what you're remaking you know what i mean like how do you oh nah bro i totally get it man i mean i i, I totally get it totally understand where you exactly where you're coming from in a sense of like um it's 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 hard because you don't want to victimize somebody just to make your product seem like it's better than the next one you know what i'm saying uh-huh. um and so that is one thing to me that's one thing to me that is like that is really tough, especially when it comes to reboots, because we really, we really told the line very, very well with our show. Because when you go back and watch, like the Saved by the Bell from the 80s doesn't work now. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? We, we, we are, as a culture, we're more outspoken. We're more, li- we're more heard. You know, we, as, as black people, as people of color, period. You know, we have Afro-Latinas, we got a Dominican, we got, Latin, we got Latinx women on our show. We got, a, we got a Spanish girl saying time out, you know, doing the Zach Morris shit. So, yeah. like, the show that we grew up loving and appreciating would not necessarily work in 2020 or 2021. So I think what we were really smart and really careful in doing was just attacking those issues head on. And I think if you try to scare, if you try to steer away from them or tiptoe around them, that's when the project starts becoming convoluted and not working as well as you used to. Um. For for me personally, when my, my take on remix, um, I think that when you're telling me that your version of Saved by the Bell, you guys attacked it with a new um, look on it, right? You made you, mm-hmm. you made new uh, um, you made it feel new. You gave it a new perspective, new storylines, and really shifted what the original was from, right? Um, mm-hmm. I, I personally dislike this. This is why I don't like um, a lot of the talks about like Martin remakes and and things like that that were so culturally significant, right? Because it's like those had their moments already, right? Mm-hmm. You'll probably never be able to recreate what that was in that time. Mm-hmm. So might as well leave that alone. And there's space for other new content that you can make, you know what I mean? But right. if you're in the shadow of that moment, it's it's probably not going to be re- received well, right? This so is, how do this you is, feel about coming to America? This is yo literally what I was. Uh, these are three things I want to ask y'all about, and I guess so. There's three that are coming up. Number one is coming to America, which is the soonest one. Number two is Space Jam Two, mm. and number three is they're developing the New Jack City reboot. Now, which one of these do you feel are a good idea? And which ones do you feel are bad? Malcolm Mays is doing uh, New Jack City from Snowfall. He's writing, I think he's writing and directing it. So, you know, that's that's is he doing that? Is he doing that and and to pay homage to I'm not sure. They greenlit it. I I he's developing the script and I think he's gonna direct it as well. well. I mean, if listen, John Singleton, man, you know. We rest in peace for everything that you gave us and 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 the, what you did for our culture, bro. But um, if he's doing it in a sense to, and you know, it's because of the snowfall. John Singleton also did snowfall, as y'all know. Yep. Um, 
I, I don't know if I don't know if that's kind of if that's part of the reasoning. So I'm not going to speak on that one just yet, just because you know we just lost John and and mm-hmm. um, and his genius and what and what he created for us as a culture. Mm-hmm. But what I will say is, I think the one that I'm the most excited for is Space Jam. Space Jam, I'm, that's the one that I'm least excited for. I'm that's the one that. that I'm ready to. You see how they rush the Capitol? I'm ready to rush Universal Studios. I can run up in there. I couldn't stand when LeBron got his hands on that. No, man, you got that's just so that. blasphemous to me. Nah, it's not blasphemous. Frank, how is it blasphemous? Tell me, prop. Tell him, prop. Come on, man. Like, think about it. For every generation, like LeBron is to this generation what Jordan was to us, right? The same way as the debate, Jordan versus LeBron, whatever. They're both greats. But at the end of the day, the kids now. They want to see their version of Space Jam, and who better to bring it to them than LeBron? Well, why, like, why he can't, can't go make a movie with with SpongeBob? Why he can't go do a, a SpongeBob flick? Or you're disrespectful right now, Greg? You're no, no, no! I'm dead ass. SpongeBob is like the Looney Tunes of of this generation. LeBron SquarePants. LeBron SquarePants. Him, Sandy. <laughs> Patrick Starr, go get a ring. Yo, if LeBron is the GOAT, hold on, hold on, hold on. If LeBron is the GOAT, hold on, Dex, Dex. If LeBron is the GOAT, he gonna get you a ring with Sandy, Squidward, Mr. Krabs, and and Plankton. He gonna have Plankton at the one. He got Plankton at the one, and he gonna get you a ring. Hold on. We better go ahead and finish this. We better go ahead and finish this reboot topic before we get on LeBron, because I got yeah. arguments all day. Hold on, hold on, hold on. One second, and one I'm second. A I'm this, a former hooper. This is one thing I gotta say about Space Jam, right? Um, if I'm not mistaken, wasn't like the soundtrack the power record by the artist that should not be named? First of all, you can't. First of all, you can't live up to the soundtrack, man. No, no, no. So listen, so listen, so listen. Here's what. Here's why. Here's why I'm the most excited for Space Jam. Mm -hmm. Overcoming to America. Because Space Jam is ninety percent animated. Yes. Mm -hmm. So what we're doing with with the progressions that has happened with animation. And the reintroduction of the Looney Tunes to the younger generation, I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be special, and I don't think that we can go ahead and recreate the magic, right, of of what it meant to have Michael Jordan at the prime coming down in the damn spaceship on the Chicago White Sox diamond, coming back and being like, you know what, I'm gonna go back to the league. That was a perfect storm. But mm-hmm. if you, when was the last time y'all watched Space Jam? Don't even try it, bro. Don't even try it. Because I literally watched... just got in this fight. Space Jam is a classic, bro. Hold Don't on. even try it. Hold on. Hold on. Nobody's trying it. Let me finish my point. You can't answer my question. Prop, it's on I you, watched by the way, it. Bro. I watched it probably like six months ago. During this pandemic, for sure. During the panoramic, I watched Space Jam. <laughs> okay. Nah, it's, okay, it's... so I watched it recently as well, right? I watched it recently as well. As a film and as an actor... Michael Jordan is not good. He's not <laughs> supposed to be good, though. That's the thing. What are it's, you it's, talking about? What are you talking about? What are you talking about? He's playing about? himself. He's playing himself. <laughs> what do you want of an Oscar performance? The guy's playing himself. Bro, I don't want an Oscar performance. I want somebody who makes me believe. You think Ray Allen was good and he got want. game? 
Was Ray no, Allen good and he got game? That was supposed to be. No, he wasn't good and he got game. And, and, and you don't fuck with he got game? No, I fuck no, with he got game because class. Denzel was the goat. There's a difference. Uh, there we go. Difference. And we got and we okay. got Bill Murray. We got the white goat in Space Jam. Right. So who <laughs> do we get? listen, bro? I got Bugs Bunny on my wall. You ain't telling me nothing. Like Space Jam to me is everything. For those of you who think this is a lie, let's go ahead and show the people, man. Let's go ahead and show the people how we got bugs on the wall behind the Christmas tree, man. Just okay. so y'all don't think this is a joke. I'm a big Space Jam fan. I'm a big Bugs Bunny fan. The reason I'm excited for it is because I think LeBron will do a better job articulating the material. One and one, I think the animation will be great. Two and three, I think the 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 newer generation because basketball. Listen, Jordan is the reason basketball is popular right now. To be 100 percent honest, we had niggas like Magic and Bird, but the reason that be prop prop is on you, I think, right? Yeah, it is a prop. Or is it on me? It's on prop. But the reason basketball. That's the reason we got the two kids. Like, Jordan is the reason that basketball became a global phenomenon, right? But with the two Ks that we got, the NBA Lives, with the shoes, with the Instagrams, with the Snapchat, I think the social media movement will benefit Space Jam in a really, really, in a really positive way. I got to say, man, I really, really do. I'm more worried about coming to America because I know, like, I saw the trailer. I think, right I think Eddie's going to be in his bag. I think, I think, I think, you know, the characters are going to be dope. But coming to America is more culturally iconic. And mm -hmm. I'm afraid that us as Black people will be deemed as a mockery because of the way the movie is going to be portrayed. All right, Dex, let me ask you something real quick. You say you're more concerned about coming to America. So... Then Space Jam. Then Space Jam. Hold on. Let's say... Now let's I'm say on New Jack Okay, State. but Dex, let's say you went to a deli. Right? You had a bacon, egg, and cheese. Best bacon, egg, and cheese you ever had, right? Right. You come back to the deli, they tell you another chef is going to make the bacon, egg, and cheese for you. That was the best bacon, egg, and cheese ever. You got more faith in a new chef to make that same product rather than the dude who made the best bacon, egg, and cheese you ever had? Eddie, back, Eddie is back. He's the creator of it, the writer of it, everything. He's the same dude and he's just coming back to you older. So unless you're saying he fell off, I don't see how you can doubt the same guy rather than someone else trying to go mimic what someone did 30 years ago. Here's why like, I have that, that was really great, Gregory. I gotta be honest. That was pretty, <laughs> that was, that was pretty top notch there, Gregory. I had to go bodega on you, man, you so you can understand. Me, now I missed that shit. And I just told you I'm not eating cooked food, and now I'm gonna order a bacon and cheese sandwich. All right, this, this is why I have faith in coming to America, right? Coming to America, um, I feel like Eddie, and also because he he takes a I lot of I might need another from, from great comedian comedians too, right? They're all gonna be in that room cooking up. Arsenio, all all, all those people who were were a part of the first first one and. Um, more people that 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 have joined the cast are gonna be all like adding something to 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 that script when it's needed. You know, as far as like uh, uh, um, improvising things like that. So I think you're gonna, you're gonna get a great cast of people who don't want to see it fail. You know what I mean? So yeah, no, no, I I agree, I agree. But but Greg is over here talking about if it ain't broke, don't fix it, right? And I think coming to America is. Damn near the perfect comedy. Yeah, yep. I wouldn't have touched it. Think, For the I record, think, I, I think wouldn't it's have the touched it. Furthest from broke. I think, I think, I think coming to America 
I think coming to America is was more was less of a work in progress, right? Than than um, Space Jam. Okay. I really do. I think coming to America was yeah. less of a work in progress than Space Jam. I think coming to America, if coming if the original coming to America came out this year, it'd have been or in twenty twenty in twenty twenty one, it'd have been a ninety six on Rotten Tomatoes, and niggas would have been saying it's the greatest com- it's the greatest comedic movie of all time. Yeah, Taste the Soup, the characters, all this, what Eddie was doing, what Arsenio was doing, Soul Glow, all that shit, right? And I saw it after it came out. I'm, young, I'm you know what I'm saying I'm 29 years old. So like the fact that I recognized the genius of that movie way after the fact that it was supposed to be what it was going to be, still because I understand the culture and and the 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 the, the jokes and the timing, I think that I think to your Martin point, that's my point for coming to America. I hear it. I hear you know what I'm saying, I'm Reg? Your exact, your exact point, your exact point, Reg, mm-hmm. for Martin. Yeah, is my point for coming to America. Okay. I think I, I think that is, I think that you, you are right in the sense that we come from a society where if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Um, and I also think that you're right to say, like, I also think that there is, I think that there's a world where, yes, Eddie's involved, right? And 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 yes, Arsenio's involved, and yes, all of these fantastic comedic geniuses are back and a part of this project. Um, I got you, G. Always. <laughs> oh, no. Getting a tea. We right on time. We right on time. No, no, no. no we're right, right on time. That's why. That's why. That's why. Let me just make sure I got my guy. Let me go ahead and get my guys too. One and one, G. One in the pop. One 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 last thing about uh, um about uh, Space Jam, the the only problem I feel is who is going to match um the all stars that were on that team, right? Patrick Ewing, you know. Bro, what I mean? but listen, what I'm saying, like you, like we are spoiled by the '90s, but that doesn't mean we don't have killers in the NBA. You tell me, Steph Curry. No, but who signed up? Who y'all signed sound up? Like some real yeah. Nick, y'all sound like some real Nick fans. <laughs> y'all sound like some real Nick fans at the moment. You tell me, Steph Curry hasn't changed the game. Oh no, basketball? is Steph Curry in it? I'm saying, is Steph Curry in it? I don't, yes. I don't know. Oh, okay, my fault. Yeah. Okay. But what centers do we have? What centers do we have in the NBA right now that have personality that can deliver jokes? I don't know if you that need to deliver jokes. What did Patrick Ewing say that was funny? I'll wait. You gotta touch the ball. <laughs> you gotta touch it, Mike. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I don't think it has anything. To do with it, but I do. I do think uh, you need your star power. So if Steph Curry's in it, that's big star power. I don't this know is what I'm, I'm saying. That NBA has more stars now. I listen. I'm and listen here. Let me let me tell you why. Let me tell you why. Uh-huh. I gotta preface this by saying I gotta preface this by saying I'm a '90s, early 2000s basketball head. Gotcha. The NBA Cheers has more stars now due to social media and how global the game is. Mm, okay. I, I it has agree more with you, stars. I, like, more I niggas care about you. Kyrie Irving lighting incense in the garden than I they cared about... You. I agree with you, but I also don't. And I don't <laughs> want to linger on it too long because it's a whole other combo. But when you think about it, 
yes, they're bigger in sense of like social media and all that. But basketballs were like basketball players in the 90s, especially that dream team era were like rock stars. They were the hottest thing around. Now there's YouTube stars that are bigger than basketball players right now. There's people on the NBA all-star team who some dude like Jake Paul got more followers than and can pull <laughs> no, more. No, but like DeMar DeRozan, like DeMar DeRozan or Logan Paul, like they don't have the same cultural impact, which is sad because of the world we're in. Like I disagree uh, only like in the sense Chloe, that nobody Chloe Kardashian is more popular than Anthony Davis. Like <laughs> I disagree only because I think nobody would have eclipsed Michael Jordan's shine in that era and that time. That's what I'm saying. Like all like the Charles Barkley's of the world. You gotta remember, none of them niggas was winning chips. Right? No, Mike true. was the only one coming through and sweeping. And nobody from the fucking Houston Rockets was on that was in that movie. So you had a lot of, like, you got other, like, there's other teams now that people are rooting for. The game is now so much more global. The Toronto Raptors won a chip two years ago. You know what I'm saying? So what I'm saying, like, in terms of Steph Curry left Under Armour and went and got a a Chinese deal with sneakers. Mm -hmm. So what I'm saying is, like, the, the combination of the global game is more massive. Just because Logan Paul has more followers than, let me give somebody better, like, not better than DeMar DeRozan. Let me not disrespect that nigga's game, but I'm saying more popular. Like, Clay, uh, who? Anthony Davis, LeBron. You say AD. AD's fine, sure. A, but like, AD is now known in Zimbabwe because he's playing with LeBron James. You telling me Joel Embiid <laughs> Is not more popular right now than Patrick Ewing was when we was growing up as a kid. Nah, I say he's a better no. baller. Hell no. Strongly Joel Embiid is not more popular. Bro, this nigga is from Patrick Ewing was the face of the New York Knicks, bro. And guess yeah. what? Y'all wasn't beating Michael Jordan. <laughs> nah, but and guess York what? He was on TV. <laughs> he was on TV <laughs> not beating Michael Jordan <laughs> every year. <laughs> he was an icon. He was the face of New York. We didn't win shit, but he was the face of New York. That was huge. He sure was. He sure was. He was huge. But I'm saying Joel not Embiid Joel is Embiid. from Cameroon. Bro, listen, I'm telling you, he's from Cameroon. He tr- he, so what it means? He got Africa behind him already. He's a guy I'm African talking about the global Dex. aspect of the game. Dex, I'm Dex here's, a, here's what I want you. Of, listen, bro, here's what I want you to do, Dex. Dex, Dex, here's what I want you to do. After this episode, I want you to call your mom and ask her if she knows who Joel Embiid is. <laughs> call my mom. Now, here's what no, I want Dex, you to do. I want you to no, call your nephew and ask him if he knows who Patrick Ewing is. Yo, Dex, I'm not gonna lie to you. Of course he will. Of course he will. <laughs> we taught him. I'm in the studio right now. You just sit off a debate. Everyone's like, Pat, there's not a chance in hell that Joel Embiid's even close to Patrick Ewing. Oh, like, it's a, no, wait. Hold on. Like what are we talking about? Hold right on. Now. Hold on. I'm talking <laughs> overall. I'm talking overall. Like, he just like, like, they're ready to kill each other right now. Like, it's like. <laughs> I doubt it. I'm still on your side. I doubt it. Patrick, but, yeah. But it all it's all you, Rex. I think. I think Patrick Ewing. Whoever caught the pair of Jolin Beats. Does Jolin Beats even have sneakers? Y'all gotta, y'all gotta understand what I'm talking about. Listen, I'm talking about on the glo- the way the game of basketball has evolved on a okay. global scale. In yeah. terms of popularity, that Joel Embiid is from 
Cameroon, I get it. Patrick Ewing from the islands, all that. But little niggas is running around retweeting what Joel Embiid got to say right now because they have the opportunity to. That's all I'm saying. All it's I'm a saying different is way. No it's way. a different way. I see what you're saying. Yeah, that's real. I'm going to agree to disagree. <laughs> P.E. all day. But I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. Wait, and since you're my spades partner, since you're my spades me. partner, I'm going to let it rock. <laughs> Wait, but, but I'm saying like P.E. all day in what sense? Like if we're saying put the ball down on the ground, P.E. all day. I if think we're if saying we, who's more I impactful if, to me, P.E. all day. I'm talking about Space Jam's coming out in 2021. Patrick I don't Ewing think is the coach Jeff, of Georgetown. What I'm saying is, Joel I don't Embiid think is the star Joel. Of the Philadelphia 76ers. There's a what I'm saying is, I don't think Joel Embiid means today what Patrick Ewing meant in '95. I don't think Joel Embiid is there. Well, That's well. what I'm saying. But I'll agree to disagree. On but a yo, global scale? Yeah, on a global scale. They went to the. The dream team went to the Olympics and ran through that thing, bro. Yeah, they ran. They were rock stars. They did run through that bitch. They did run through that. Was on the dream team. They went to the Congo and left them niggas on six points. (laughs) Joel Embiid was in the stands. (laughs) (laughs) Joel Embiid was playing soccer at the moment. Wasn't even born yet. He was rolling Mike in his backyard. But yo, um, Dex, I I wanted to touch on um, your Hulu film. Uh, the bitch. Um, Thank you. Um, yeah, man, that was dope, man. Like that came in a time during the pan, the panoramic that, like, I was looking for comedic content because they really wasn't anything. And you know, every few years you get those films like the super bads, and you know those kind of coming of age films where you really get to just kind of laugh through there. Mm-hmm. You know, you get to look mm-hmm. at things through a different lens of like how much you had a crush on a girl. You forget what it feels like to have a crush on a girl, like like a little yeah, boy yeah. crush where it's like, you got a crush and you act like you can't do nothing about it. You just be sitting there paralyzed, scared to talk to the girl. Now you can just slide in the DMs. If she don't like you, she don't like you. But um, right. I wanted to talk a little bit about that film because I saw you shared the footage of, you know, when the crew called your mom and everything and told them you got the job and how hyped she was. and. You know, I just want to talk about what that meant to you. And then I also wanted to see if you could give us, um, and I want everyone to go around and give us their craziest binge story. Okay. Um, yeah, man, that movie meant the most to me. That movie came in a very pivotal time in my life when I was like, I was like, I had just finished the Maze Runner train. I was really looking to dive back into the arts just in terms of like, just in terms of like not getting caught up in the systematic run here so an explosion can happen there kind of thing. You know what I'm saying? So um, so I, I went back. I went back to my roots. I started doing some off-Broadway here in LA and I did a show in Seattle. And then all of a sudden I get this audition and they're telling me like they can't find their role. They can't, they can't find, they can't find the guy who's going to be Kelly Ags, right? So I'm in Jersey singing at a wedding and um, I get the call from my, from my agent and she's like, yo, they need you to put this audition on tape. I read the script and I'm like, oh, whoa, I can't put this on tape. I'm, I'm back home with my moms and shit. I got it. Like, what? Want me to cuss? So, <laughs> um, so, you know, we do it. I get my mom and uh, my mom was my reader on my audition tape. So she was the one wow. saying crazy outlandish stuff. <laughs> 
Wow. Joking back and forth, making all of these in uh, like un uh, like provocative, unmotherly jokes, and allowing me the opportunity to bounce back off of her and and really dive into that. So um, when I got the job, they FaceTimed me before I even knew, and they said, "Are you? Is your mom there?" And I said, yeah, this was a Friday. We did the audition tape and on Saturday they called me and they said, we'd like to talk to her. So I put her on the phone and they told her like, you know, your son got the role. And just seeing that enjoyment on her face, man, just seeing that moment of being like, wow, like my son is about to be number one on the call sheet on this crazy outlandish comedy. Who cares if it's a success or if it isn't? But, you know, I played a part in helping him get to the promised land. You know what I'm saying? So that truly meant a lot to me uh, being a mama's boy, you know, I grew up an only child. I grew up um, with a single mother as well. My father passed away when I was very young. So growing up with her and and having the opportunity to be able to do that for her and, and have her witness that moment and having production fly her up to Seattle. I mean, fly her up to Syracuse to see me do my thing was really, really great, man. And the binge was fantastic, dude. I mean, I post the blooper roles because like, you know, working with a comedic icon like Vince Vaughn and you know, being oh, the, yeah. the only black member of that cast and being the lead of that film and that being my first comedy, you know, like I'm a funny guy, but I've never really tr- crossed over into comedic, the comedic side of things. Like most of my mo- most of my movies are really, you know, dramatic. Um, think of The Burdens, The Maze Runner, Son of the South, where I get to play John Lewis, which is coming out next this year. Nice. Um, most of my stuff, nice. Joyful Noise, most of that stuff is all dramatic based. Um, so just really being able to let go and being be a part of the binge, man, and, and really push myself to new heights was was a, was a blessing for sure. So what for yeah. y'all fellas? Um, you know, do you got a pot? Nah. What was y'all? Do y'all have a crazy binge story? Like, what's the craziest binge that y'all have had? For those who haven't seen the film, first of all, that are listening, the binge is a movie which to me is like a comedic version of The Purge. There's one day a year where you can do any drugs, you can drink, you can do whatever. This is the only day of the year that you're allowed to do all of this stuff. And then it's just like The Purge. Like once that day starts, people just go crazy. So, you know, right. in that spirit, you know, do you have a day where you were either smoking? Cause you know, I know Prop, you know, that's his uh, medication of persuasion. Um, whether you were smoking a lot or you were drinking a lot, do you have a binge story like the craziest? And there's a reason why I don't drink anymore. Like, <laughs> like hey, well, as a matter of fact, I'm going to incriminate myself enough that I will supply pictures for this one when cutting up the fit of footage, Greg. Is that bad? But this is actually during like that whole Mitchapalooza era and all that. Because, you know, I went to Hofstra and Long Island is a large Caucasian population. And they do these <laughs> a <things> large. Where, <laughs> and they reenact a lot of things from these movies. So it was this dude, uh, actually, I, I can't say his name, but he had a house with a couple of his buddies. And they threw this shit called Mitchapalooza because one of his roommates was called Mitch. So it's, it's exactly what it sounded like. They had a foam pit jumping off the roof into a foam pit. What? Uh, at one point, like everyone was just in their underwear. It was pre-COVID, like typical movie rager. Mm-hmm. Like Project X shit. 
Yo, it was Project X. It was Project X. How drunk did you get? Man, listen, I had to come. I was in a bathrobe for like 36 hours. I had to come back and get my pants. I couldn't. Find- <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Yo, and what's terrible about it is that I tried going home, right? And uh, white boy Brandon was taking me back to the crib and I didn't know where my keys were. So he was like, yo, how are you going to get in? And I couldn't speak, bro. Like, he has this on camera. He has this recorded. I'm sitting there, like, I'm in a bathrobe. My chest is out. I'm like, let me in the house. It's just bad. I'm twisted. I end up sleeping at his crib, bro, on his floor. I woke up in the bathroom in the middle of the night. I was just like, yo, I'm ready to go home. Brandon's oh, nah. Like, oh. <laughs> and you know I me. Mean? When I want to go home, I want to go home. Brandon's like, he don't mean when I'm going to go home, I want to go home. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Me this, too. I'm the same like, way. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not waiting for anybody. But this is before Uber. This is like back then. Bro. Oh, like, wow. Bro. So you was you was binging before nah. niggas was binging. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, what, you know how Lil Duval be talking about white boying? Like, this yeah. white boying. Like, there was shotgun and beers, fucking ice <laughs> losers, shots off of, like, it is. Yeah. Love an ice luge, man. <laughs> <laughs> you better be careful. I have pictures of you, bro. I got pictures. Oh, I got really? I got, said I got pictures. I oh, kept the files. Careful, he got receipts. <laughs> I kept the files. He said, I got receipts of you, man. You better be. Uh, you better be real careful. It's tax season coming up, motherfucker. I'm about you, to put uh, stuff on you. I, I need my Did you get home safely, prop? Oh, yeah, of course. Like, Yo, Dad, I was in that room for like 36 hours, bro. I just couldn't get off Brandon's couch. Then I had to go find my... Yo, the thing is that it was so disgusting, like, white boying. It was white boying, bro, because you went back to the house like a day and a half later. She was in the same condition, like, mm. naked chicks around. Like, it's on you, Rich. So I had to go um find my pants, bro. I had to look <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I had to come back and find his pants 36 yo, hours later. Find my pants, find my keys, find my wallet. Yo, what's crazy about that? All my shit was there untouched. Like, hanging off the bar untouched. Just grabbed my shit, hopped in my car, and went home. In a robe, my nigga. I didn't put my pants on anything. I was in a robe. That's fucking hilarious. <laughs> Reg? Me? Me? Uh... Had to be my oh, you prop. my twentieth birthday. Um, I was in I was in college. I went to senior hall, and um, so I see hall. My uncle me. played ball at senior hall. Who? My uncle played ball at senior. Oh, where? That's what's up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's nah. his name? Darnell Thornton. He was way before y'all. Okay. He got <laughs> he got his jersey in the rafters or not? He was way before Patrick Ewing. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Joel Embiid is still not as popular as him. I can promise you that. So, no. <laughs> <laughs> not in Seton Hall, at least. Not in Seton Hall. Not, not in Seton Hall. Hall right? So, um, so on my 20th birthday, I had the idea that I was gonna take 20 shots of Patron, right? And the way I was gonna do that is me and my roommates uh, were going to um, roll dice and whoever lost was going to drink, right? So 
I, I got it. So I'm guessing I'm guessing you don't know how to roll dice because this story is <laughs> no, nah, I mean, you know, you know, you roll dice, your hand's hot, your hand cold. You know what I mean? Like, you know, how it is. <laughs> Yeah, niggas say the same thing about spades, and then they end up. Nigga hit one, two, three every time. One, two, three. One, two, three. Don't hit me with that bad mojo. You 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 go cold, cold real quick. So I'm in there. You know, I'm I'm good, and and I'm good. I'm I'm like, yo, this shit ain't ain't nothing. You know, I'm I'm I I got my 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 stomach full because my grandmother, who was still alive at the time, hooked up some great Haitian eats. You know what I mean? For me to we love Haitian up. Eats. That should be the new Uber Eats, by the way. We need to go oh, ahead and yeah. invest in that. Just oh, call yeah. it Haitian Eats. That shit was, oh, yeah. That shit was slamming. Griot, Tasso, we was, we was lit. Um, but so I was full. All I know is that I got up to 17. <laughs> I got up to 17 shots. Um, and I was still good until I got up. I got up out that seat. Everything was not looking the same. Mm. I was the rim start, the room started spinning. Now I'm walking back to 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 um my uh my room. I'm touching the wall on both sides, making sure I'm straight. And mm-hmm. next thing I know, uh, I called myself going to sleep, and I woke up to an ambulance with a with an uh, uh, EMS person with a flashlight in my face. Jesus and a cop, Christ. A cop there asking me, because um, I, apparently I, I I had thrown up in my sleep, um, asking me, uh, you, you can tell me what kind of drugs you took. <laughs> I, 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 I won't tell anybody. <laughs> I'm just looking at him like, yo, can you get out of my room, please? <laughs> like, yo, I Who was- called the drones on you? My my roommate, like this, this is someone else, some, someone else that that uh, uh um, Prom- was, Emma, I can promise you he was freaking out. out. But it's someone else, yeah, roommate. He thought he killed the birthday boy. This this he, is it for him. He violated. He violated. I was I I, I told him like, yo man, don't call the cops, man. Call my friends, man. <laughs> like, like, yeah, we come nah, with a bro. Friend. He was nervous. You sound like bro. you sound like Deontay Wilder when he lost to Tyson Fury. He's like, don't throw the flag. Let me die. Yeah, right. Let me die in a ring. the talent on me, man. Ref is like, me... ref is like, this is my job, nigga. You look like you. Yo, shit is. is shit. Said, let me fall on my sword. Let me fall on my yo, sword. Yo, shit is shifted. Doc, you you need to. Reg covered, covered in his own vomit, talking about why you call the ambulance? Yeah, I was, I was right. ready. Why you call the ambulance? Yeah, I was ready to I die. Stop breathing for a second. I stopped breathing for a second. <laughs> I, I was ready right. to die on the field, man. <laughs> Dang, I don't even know if I really have a crazy, I have a crazy binge moment for my 25th birthday, four years ago. Um, I was like, I, I I play poker as well. I love cards. So I'd won a suite up in Vegas and um for my birthday. And uh and I like was like, you know what? I'm just gonna take six of my best friends. We're just gonna go ahead and go to Vegas and just do this the right way. And um, you know what, I'm gonna say his name. Um, because he 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 loves this story. My one of my one of my really, really good friends is a guy by the name of Andre Drummond. And so, you know, I invited him. Drake. And shout out to Dre. And, um, and you know, it was like, we get there, we get to Vegas the first night, everybody's cool, everything's great. 
Then the next morning, it's like 8 a.m. You know, we in Vegas, we ain't go to sleep until like 5.30. Bro, I wake up with a bottle of 1942 in my mouth. I'm like, I'm having a dream. I'm like, oh shit, I'm drowning? Am I drowning? (laughs) Next thing I know, it's 1942, like just being poured down my mouth. And I'm like, what the fuck? So I get up, start slapping. All my niggas is is in the room. Like they had a key and they like, let's go. We got up, bro, and I'm talking about from 9 a.m. I'm talking like a smooth from 9 a.m. to 8 a.m. the next damn day. We were drinking, bro. We went to six clubs, not including the strip clubs, in one night. It was one of the craziest experiences I've ever had in my life. And mind you, I'm not a big drinker. I didn't have my first drink of alcohol until I was 21. So I'm a baby drinker. Like, that was all very new to me. So that was the closest experience that I had to the binge. But I never really, I never did any drugs. None of that, man. None of that was ever really my speed. You know, like. So what was the aftermath on that? What was the hangover like? The hangover was the whole day. (laughs) Bro, we didn't go to sleep until 8 a.m. the next morning. Next thing I know, it's like 6 a.m. I'm playing poker. The nigga's like, yo, Dex, we need some bread. But they've given me bread to play poker. I'm hammered. <laughs> I'm hammered. The the aftermath was like, I think, I think my flight. What was, what was your poker first. face looking like, Dex? I'm like, I'm like, oh. They said, all in. We don't want to mess with that nigga, dog. He got some shit going on over there. How many you got, G? You got four in a pop or just four? Ugh, I got like, I want to call it four. I don't even know what to bid, so I just call it four. because I, like I don't know what to bid four. either. I've been losing like track of what four. cards is what, but we're telling all these damn stories. I just like the number four, so I picked it. <laughs> this could be three. This could be, this is, I'll get you four. I'm going to get four. That one mess that type up, of nigga. That, that, that one stick early. Fucked us up, but we on a comeback, man. Nah, y'all, y'all are really lucky because G was supposed to put y'all in the hole. Put y'all in the dirt. Put y'all in the dirt. You that right nigga, about that. Y'all still we supposed, supposed to get to stuck be... either. We wasn't supposed to get stuck either. We fucked no, up. No, 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 no. That was supposed to happen. Y'all, nah, first that we fucked up. Y'all, y'all, y'all put a six on our eight. Us. Yeah. You know why? Because nah, the would have been Reg. Reg, I gotta be real with you, bro. The narrative would have been, ah, we put six on these niggas eight and we set them because we knew our six was bad. <laughs> Come on, man. Come on, man. You, and you know what? To make it worse, you bid last. How about that? How do you feel about nah, that, yeah. And put the six on that eight. I'll keep it 100. I wasn't even paying attention to, to the to the bids until I actually pressed the button. Until I actually pressed the button. So. 392, 345. It's good. It's going, it's going crunch time. It's going crunch time. Um, before we move on, I'll, I'll tell y'all a real quick abbreviated version of my craziest binge. Um, we were in a place called St. Philip Barbados. Um, mm. It was <laughs> Sounds crop over. It was crop over of, well, I don't want to say the year just in case anybody wants to play detective, but we were in Barbados if you guys have never had Bayesian rum, they have a rum called Mount Gay. And Love we, were at, we were at Crop Over for their carnival. First of all, when you go to Barbados Carnival, you're in the streets and there's women just running up to you, pouring Mount Gay rum into your mouth. And there's no saying no to this. Like, 
these women in these skimpy outfits just come, they put the rum in your mouth, it is what it is. So, uh -oh. my fault. <laughs> uh -oh. So, I'm like, did you just freeze, nigga? Are you binging right now? Nah. <laughs> Adobe, Adobe, Adobe Flash just hated on the whole story. They just came yeah. in. Update your Adobe Flash player. I'm like, nah, nigga, get yeah. out of here. You know, when you FaceTime and someone asks you a question you, you don't want to answer, and you just, you just freeze up? <laughs> That's the move? Y'all just... He was like... I was on I was on phone with a shorty one time and we was having a conversation. The next thing I know, I was like, <laughs> and then just ended the bitch. Used to be like, now my phone died. My phone died and I fell asleep yeah, you know, waiting for it to charge and shit. You know my the latest fault. iPhone, man. You know how how it is when a new iPhone come out, man. You know the shit <laughs> fucking up. Right, right. Nah, but okay, uh, long long story short, we end up at this party you know, called you the cool. We end up at this party called the cool down where like you're partying under the sun on the beach and then they got water falling from the sky on you and stuff like that. I'm drinking so much Barbados. My legs turn into freaking jello. And um, we're partying with, uh, with Rihanna's best friend, Melissa Ford. She's rolling up okay. a joint and doing her thing and we're all partying, we're having a good time. And I go home that night, I just remember being with a young lady, she said she was hungry. I, I was like, pull over. I went in a gas station. I brought her a hot dog. And the next thing I knew, I woke up and she was in the bed with me. And then we had to leave. Like last minute, we had to leave. And as we were leaving, we we get on the plane. And like, I've never had a hangover in my life. Even though I drank way mm. too much that night. Like for some reason, my body doesn't get hungover. But I'm on the plane and I'm just like, damn, like I could go for another night of that. And the promoter that brought us there texts us and he's like, yo, this is as the plane's about to take off on the tarmac. He's like, yo, Rihanna's asking for you guys. And I'm like, nah, <laughs> turn the plane around. <laughs> One thing I got to say, man, Greg, you an you ill nigga, you, you, you fed a chick a hot dog and- <laughs> <laughs> I gave her two glickies. That's some ill shit. That's some ill shit. Or that's some that that that'll send you straight to the psych ward. They probably should have locked you up. <laughs> Dog, I gotta keep it. If I'm keeping it a buck a buck, if I'm keeping it a bean. I hate getting so drunk to the point where I don't remember having like you know remember what I did yeah. with the lady. You know what I'm saying? Real that rub. shit, that shit rubs. I'm like, I just wish Take I could. I just wish. Yeah, I'm like, was it fire? Nigga, <laughs> 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 that's not my concern. My concern is totally <laughs> different. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> yup, like, where's the condom at? Uh, yeah, is this consensual? Like, the what the fuck? Is she gonna call gonna me tomorrow? Like, <laughs> we so, talking about receipts. What happened? <laughs> Yeah. Like, yeah, what's good with us? How are we? Are you okay? Am I okay? Yeah. <laughs> they said nah, Rihanna's asking for you. I'd have said, turn this bitch around. I'd have jumped out Dang the window. Yeah. I was about to pull lucky an emergency break on the plane. Right, bro. <laughs> bro, what? I'd have been, I'd have been in the emergency exit road, jumping, opening the door, and shit, reading the pamphlet, like, oh, yeah, would have been one of those vibes, but. Yo, one of the big things about, you know, this whole pandemic and everything like that, and 
um, you know, me, Prop, and Reg, we were talking earlier about like things we lost in the fire. And, and yo, you had two major projects premiere that you didn't get to walk on a red carpet for. You Man, didn't get to properly stuff. get the groupie love that you deserve. You didn't get right. to properly just be that guy and be out like you normally would once a film drops and stuff like that. So, yeah. you know, the two things I wonder, and then obviously with dating, it's been weird, right? Everybody's kind of online dating and stuff like that. It's harder to meet people now. So what are some of the, for you, Dex, what are some of the things you lost in the fire of 2020? And, and how has this panoramic dating life been like for you? Well, without incriminating super... yourself, without incriminating yeah. yourself, <laughs> without, without, without having people go ahead and looking up the receipts. Um, well, you know, on the superficial level, of course, man, like, you know, and even on the realistic level, of course, with the opportunities, I had a film come out the week, um, the week before the world, the country went in lockdown. It was called Burden. It's a movie with uh, Forrest Whitaker, Usher, Garrett Hedlund. The heavy, heavy drama about the KKK and and um, and how they built the museum in 1996 to honor themselves and their heritage in one of the blackest towns in the country. And um, it was a real, it's a really, really great movie. We won the audience award at Sundance the year prior, and so you know we were coming out Black History Month. We wanted to pay homage to to that, and we came out February 28th, and the world shut down March 3rd. Hmm. Um, so, you know, we were in theaters for maybe a, a week and a half before they just started closing them down. Damn. Um, so that movie, you know, in terms of what I felt like, what I missed or what I wonder what would have happened is that as well. Um, and that really, really affected me too, because, you know, I got, I played Forrest Whitaker's son and Usher's like, was my mentor in the film. And it was like one of those projects that- Damn, you know, I'll have to pull that up. Where can I watch that? Definitely. Definitely. It's on Amazon right now. I think you can purchase it okay. um, or at, on Apple TV, whatever. Um, it's called Burden. Actually, right. I'm looking at the poster right now. Hold on, let me go ahead and bring this on over. Oh, beautiful! That's dope. Oh, that's fire. You definitely yeah, can. man. So, damn, as far as Whitaker got the George Jefferson. That's what it looks yeah, like. Yeah, man. Forrest Whitaker got the uh, Bam out of bio. What he ever he had going on today with this <laughs> <Mr>. Celtics. <laughs> um, how you let your yeah, pops? So, how you let your pops leave the house like that, man? Well, it's, it's also it's based on a true story. It is a true story. So you know, Forrest was playing somebody who actually existed, and that was, and I'm playing somebody who actually existed as well. So that was the cut, but he had. Um, but all that being said, man, you know, like. Uh, of course, the project's coming out, man. The Binge, which is like my first number one on the call sheet, Hulu's first original comedy that was like of that level, that kind of thing, that, that was supposed to come out in theaters. Uh, the Binge was supposed to have a theatrical Wow, movie. that was going to have a theatrical release. Yeah, so <laughs> the release was supposed to be theatrical, and then Hulu has had the extended rights to be able to go ahead and do what they wanted to do with it on the network, depending on what happens. Um and so, you know, that that really broke my heart because to be able to see myself act a fool like that on the big screen and, you know, to see the musical number from the binge on the big screen would have been really, really great. But on a more personal level, man, like, you know, there, there was so much things that happened in this panoramic, right, like, that were crazy. You know, my grandmother passed away, which was really heartbreaking, and we weren't able to be there together for the funeral. My, like, and that's my mom's mom, you know, so... 
and she's from Atlanta, so we weren't even all able to travel to be there and do it and, and send her home the right way. My mother lost her godmother, um, which was really, really tough. And so, you know, I wasn't able to go home and be with my mom for that, you know, because we didn't really know what the traveling things was. My mother's older as well, you know, so my mother's 70, she'll be 72, so, or 73. So, uh, you know, I'm and I'm high risk. So it's like, there's just so many complications that went into not necessarily being able to be there for her when we needed to. Um, so, you know, there was, and then of course, like the George Floyd, the Ahmaud Aubrey, the Breonna Taylors of the world, that movement that happened, and all of those things, man. It was it, like, it, like 2020 would have been a crazy year with or without coronavirus, to be 100% honest. And then coronavirus just came in took everything to the next level and made it much, much, much more difficult to be able to, you know, thrive. And sorry, I got to take a picture of this and send it to the smooth chat. Dub. That's a smooth register. dub. That's a smooth dub. That's a smooth dub. Yeah. But um, yeah. So now imagine we didn't get that first. Ah. Well, now imagine Gray actually follows through and sticks y'all. <laughs> 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 Fit ass. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers, 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 cheers. But yeah, man, like I think, I think, you know, there was a lot of things that happened and dating, you know, dating in this in this era, in this day and age, Hold up. man. You, definitely something. Before you hop into the dating, you do realize that your kids and your grandkids are gonna call you cap 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 when you say, I had two movies come out and a TV show in 2020, and they're like, You don't got no pictures. <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm like, what carpet was you on? <laughs> I gotta pull up my IMDb and see. Say, look, it's August 28, Yeah, right, nigga, you wasn't on no right. red carpets. <laughs> right, not, not, not nowhere. Niggas back home don't even know what I'm doing. They think I'm still working at Kellogg's and shit, making frosted flakes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, man. So that that all that you know is definitely a, is part of a buzzkill, but. It did. It did motivate me in a in a much in a much bigger way to have a 2021 that's going to be unforgettable. You know what I'm saying? And hopefully have those same kind of opportunities, have those same kind of projects of that caliber come out where I do get the chance to take my mama with me on the red carpet and you know show her like, yo, we did it. You know what I'm saying? When uh, even though in the time, even though I did right, you know, people love the binge. People are loving Saved by the Bell right now. Um, but you know, I really would like to have the opportunity to be able to follow through and 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 show off projects that I'm really proud of and care about a lot. So, yeah, I mean, for me personally, it's like really I got um, I produced this um, Dwayne Wade documentary that came out on ESPN in February. So, mm, you know, I got to I go. That. I love that. Appreciate that, man. That was a you know over a year of time invested into um, helping tell that story and. Um, you know, I got to go to the all-star premiere and, you know, walk the red carpet and all that. And that was cool. But literally a few, just like maybe two weeks after the thing came out, everything got shut down. And for me, it was really a time where it was like, yo, I can use this experience and this opportunity to kind of propel myself forward in my career. And then SAG, SAG selected our short film as one of the highlight films of their 2020 short film showcase and then that whole thing got pushed back to this day it's still being postponed and postponed and postponed so we hadn't got to screen it which was gonna be at the robin williams center in new york a legendary venue so you know there was a few opportunities even a film that i um directed 
which we were supposed to premiere at ABFF, and we had to decide mm. to push it back. And now um, it's going to premiere in February at the the Pan Pan African Film Festival. But oh, I, but it's still going to be a digital thing. So it's like you know the great thing about going to these film festivals is being able to touch the other filmmakers and network with people and stuff. So to be in your house watching it digitally. It, you know, it feels like you put your shit out on YouTube or something. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, I get so I that, relate. man. I mean, that's what—that's how it was with Son of the South, man. Like the movie where I played John Lewis, we were supposed to premiere at Sundance, and it was supposed to be like a thing. And you know, and I was—I would have had the opportunity to meet him because he was still alive at the time, even though he wasn't really doing well. And never got a chance to meet him. Did get the chance to get his approval, but like. You know, all of those things, like icon- iconic moments that would have been life-changing. You know, being able to have my mother have a picture with John Lewis, somebody who she grew up admiring and loving and like wanting, you know, and and, and being inspired by that movement was just, all of that was just kind of taken away. Um, yeah, it's nice. So I, I totally get it, man. But you know, at, at, some, at some point in time, we got to find a silver lining. And that's the thing that I'm trying to like, really focus my energy and, and attention on right now, specifically going into 2021, man, because like, you know, seeing what happened just today is what really, it's like, dude. Yeah, for, I mean, for anybody who's listening, we're just hours, hours after watching these white people run up into the Capitol and do whatever they want. Like they ran up into the Capitol like it was their grandma's house. They Bro, the- we yes, was, sir. Broke the windows. Literally. You know what I'm saying? Like, Climb, so climbing over the buildings, like climbing over the walls, talking about some walls don't see walls don't work. You know what I'm saying? Like whatever you're trying to build, Donnie, not taking working for these pictures, motherfuckers. Taking so, pictures in sitting congressmen's offices, yep. taking their mail. Like, like really being the thugs and the threats that they made everyone else out to be, right? Uh, black people out right. to be yes. Black Lives Matter protests. And also, also, we've learned, we, we are able to learn that restraint can be shown, right? Mm. People who are, who are uh, causing like threats, right? Because mm. nothing really happened that, that, that warranted it, I guess, today. I, I definitely learned that it's never about the protest. It's about the protester who's actually was actually doing this shit, you know what I mean? Right, but see what happened today, which made them think that it was warranted, was Georgia. Georgia Democratic, the Senate became Democratic in Georgia for the first time in who knows how many years, which was beautiful. I don't even, you think that was a part of it? I don't even think- 100%. Because the, the, the races, the races yeah. hadn't even been decided officially at the no, time when, right. when Trump was having the rally. But you guys realize that this was pre-scheduled, right? Like this isn't something that they just popped up in their This is something that's been it's been spoken about for I think no, at least a month. It was, now. It was, they were setting it up for weeks, but I think I think when the reality set in that he wasn't not, gonna get reelected, it was executed. Exactly. Not only was Trump being out of office, but they also didn't have anybody to stop the other party from, you know, putting their agenda forward either. You know what I mean? Like right. They didn't have any fallback anymore. So now it's just like, we have to create as much chaos and show them that we're as upset as as we really want them to know. You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. uh, and I think and, and I think also it's, it's, it's groupthink, right? Like as soon as people uh, get with other people, they start doing some shit that you ne- they never probably thought they'd do. You know what I mean? 
Yo, Dex, Dex, being um, <clears throat> being like, you know, you've worked on these projects and like these commercial projects, your last two, say about a bell and and the binge, like you're one of the few minorities that's um in front of the camera on these projects. How often in your line of work do you encounter um white privilege? Like oh, so often. <laughs> so often, man. Um I mean from 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 beginning to end, dude. You know, like like I remember I remember doing Maze Runner. I remember doing Maze Runner One and the movie blew up and it became such a success. And then the DVD comes out and they put one of the other cast members' heads, one of the black cast members' heads on my body on the DVD cover. Oh, God. No, the fuck they didn't. I got the pictures to prove it, bro. But how do you even clean that up? Like, what's the... What's the way that you even clean it up publicly? So now, so check this now, right? So now I go to my representation at the time. They're no longer my representation now, as I'm sure you would understand. And tell them I'm heartbroken about the shit. And their response is, well, you know, we don't really want to ruffle too many feathers. So why don't we just go ahead and see, look. That is my character's body, a fry pan. Mm -hmm. And... A melamine, who was one of my big brothers who I love to death, that is his head <laughs> on my body. That's so crazy. then they go back, and this is on the back of the DVD cover. That's ridiculous. Yo. So you want to talk about, like, that's what I'm saying with this privilege shit, man. This shit ain't new. Yep. This shit been going on for quite some time. But now, I if that shit happens, right, I'm suing, I'm getting compensated, so forth and so on. This is 2013. I'm being advised to fall back a little bit just because you you know this is a multi-picture deal and you don't want to they might kill you. Don't you don't want to be the you don't want to be the angry black guy. But 100%. I appreciate I appreciate your you know how you know you removed the representation, right? Who gave you who who let you be taken advantage of in that way. You know what I mean? 100%. Like I think that's always the 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 people who who align with bad things, right? Mm. That helps push this, this narrative that keeps on going, right? And and you always mm -hmm. feel like you don't want to step, you don't want to uh, uh, step on toes, right? But mm -hmm. you're actually <laughs> you're actually pushing me to the ground, like I'm actually the victim here, <laughs> like I'm not mm -hmm. I'm not stepping on any toes. Mm -hmm. right? I mean, you're stomping. But on I me. was being advised that I was exactly. Right. And their form of compensation was providing me with a box of DVDs. <laughs> box of DVDs that they got somebody else's head on your body. Right. Or putting my body or putting my actual face on the back of the shit. Slap to the face. You got one of those um, stories, Prop? For 2020? No, just in general, just dealing with that white privilege. Oh, shit. Man, we talking about at the end of the day, it's like if you want to have a good idea and you want it to be executed and you want it to be credited the right way, you got to just keep it to yourself. So, like, I'm not going to get into politics of too many layers of whatever because let's be real here. In this, I think that in this environment, we also have to continue to work with these people. But a lot of times I have realized that 
if someone that looks like us brings an idea to the table and we sit down, we discuss the idea and we can be in a room full of people. Sometimes on an email thread, it'll turn into someone else pitching the idea and then all of a sudden it's like no one was in that meeting watching that same thing. So it's like, there's a lot of uh, frustration that comes into that when it's like, I don't want to be the angry black man, especially if like, let's say sometimes it might be a less aggressive appearing person, right? And they put it out there. Like I've had ideas where I put like the whole pitch together, put the whole schematic together, like basically I prayed the music. And then all of a sudden when it comes to getting the ad placements and getting everything done the right way, it was just, they basically he put it in front of you and go, oh yeah, this is it. We need you to sign off on this. So that's what I'm not doing with David. So you you haven't figured out how to combat that yet. You're still just no, taking like, it on the chin. Oh no, hell no. Like <laughs> that's the thing. You just become the person that you're not it's not that you're not liked, but it just turns into like everyone feels sometimes that they need to be on pins and needles. I'm not saying that people feel uncomfortable around me. I'm not speaking specifically just like how I'm handled or hmm. I just noticed that. And I'm sure you, everyone on the show may experience it. As a black man, it's like kind of sometimes you realize that your parents raise you to be overly polite in certain situations because mm-hmm. they know that you're deemed as aggressive. So you realize that you're almost apologizing for your blackness. Yeah. So it's just that kind of thing. So you deal with them on the day. I have and- friends who say like, I know exactly what you're talking about, Prop, because I have friends who make comments and be like, Philly Dex is here or... Cause I'm, cause I'm from Camden, New Jersey, born and raised, but mm-hmm. Philadelphia is 15 minutes away from Philly. You know what I'm saying? Like so, so they all recognize my steez is much more Philly than it is New York, right? Gotcha. Um, and so they're like, oh, there's two different Dexters. There's the educated one who knows how to, how to, how to handle himself in an eloquent in an eloquent manner, depending on the situation, or there's the Philly Dex who just you know who wants to talk a little bit more shit or sit back and actually you know kind of dive into that world of comfort. And I'm like, well, that's just a tool that I've had to develop to be able to survive in society. Yeah, for me, for me, it's, I, I just don't even, you know, me being an entrepreneur and it's like, like, yo, you said something important about how your parents, prop, you said something important about how your parents raised you to be polite to these people. And for me, it's just like, yo, I, I wear, I wear my slides on every film set I'm on. You know what I mean? And I don't care if there's white people walking through that set. I'm going to be comfortable. I'm going to be myself. And they can have judgments if they want. I really don't care. Now, I dealt with a project that I directed last uh, January or February where this white line producer just kind of came up to me and was like, hey, man, you know, the crew follows you. So you just, you just, you got to, you know, you got to present yourself more professionally. And I was like, mm. I was like, yo, you can get the fuck out of my face with that. Like, I, t- I had meetings with my crew. I gave them my shot list. I gave them the shoot schedule. They know what the fuck to do. What I'm doing got nothing to do with their performance. So don't even come over here and try to say, oh, you're, you know, it's contagious. You know, it's really contagious. It's like, nah, stop it. Stop trying to tell me my mm-hmm. blackness is contagious. So I just remember going to, <laughs> it, and this is crazy, right? I should, t- I should tell my mom this. I remember going to the Pentagon and Reg was there. We went to the Pentagon. One of my cousins um, works for the government. And we went to the Pentagon and I was wearing my Nike slides. 
So I send the picture to my mom and she starts going crazy. You wore your Nike sides to the Pentagon, blah, 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 blah. How could you? And now there's niggas running through the Pentagon, running through the Capitol like it's a fucking jungle gym. These niggas is climbing on the fucking, <laughs> fucking sign. They had the fucking constitutional seal on the thing and homie was hanging off the Jew, doing pull-ups on it. I seen a nigga leaving with the podium that said Real House shit. Speaker Nancy Pelosi on it. Niggas was in their offices. Nigga, and my mom don't want me to wear Nike sides. Yo, my, my, uh, my thing is like, going off of what you said, Greg, and I guess what everyone said as well, um, and this is not like obviously I'm not just taking a shot at my, my aunt, right? <laughs> but um, like I I have been pushing right for black people to stop caring what white people think, right? Mm. They're, they're not the the they don't have any superiority over what is the right or wrong way because we've seen how they act when they don't get their wrong way when they when they don't get their right, right? So we don't have to worry about that. Um, so that is something that I want us to get rid of collectively, like get out, get out of the white lens thing. You know what I mean? Like mm. we know how to act professionally because we, we were professionals. Right. So, and I think, and I think for me, it was, I've been in, in a lot of corporate settings, right. Um, mm. where I've had, um, you know, people, they, they just talk reckless because they just think they can talk to anybody the same, the same way, right? They think you're 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 um you're not a man first or something like that, right? Or you're not a you're not you're not deserving of respect, right? Because you're not on their their um executive level, right? So I've had to continually check people through throughout my life, right? And it was, but I also had to check myself because I felt I, I, I don't know if you guys ever experienced this, that when you're, you're walking somewhere, you're in the elevator or you're walking somewhere in the street that you kind of make yourself small, right? Uh -huh. To make someone white who's passing feel more comfortable. You might take off your hoodie. You know what I mean? There's, there's little things that, that we don't even notice that we're doing. Um, That's the only sure. That is, is making it because we're trying to make people feel comfortable. And it's like, yo, we're not doing anything but being us. So For I had sure. to check myself um, from doing that stuff like years ago. So now, now when I go into rooms, when I'm in meetings, when I'm when I when I'm in uh, um, when I'm in email correspondence, correspondence, I know that that yo, I'm doing my job. I don't have to I don't have to uh, um, like lower myself to get along with you, right? Um, but even way back when when me and Prop was was in all these NY, uh, New York City clubs, right? There was a promoter who came up to us and said they, they want the to, to lighten the room tonight. They want to keep the room light, right? And I'm like, white. And, and yeah, yeah, light. They want to keep it light. That was their way of saying that. You know what I'm saying? Let's keep the traffic a certain kind of way. This like, a joke for people. real. What was it? What was it? I got. So shall I put on a blast? <laughs> Yo, man, why are we sparing white people right now? All right, it was green on blast. Right? It was greenhouse. It was greenhouse back in the day, right? Um, and like we, yo, we were up to we we basically helped establish greenhouse from the beginning. This is like before. I'm gonna keep it real. Like judging them, like I have no problems with them. I don't know if you guys know who they are. They're like affiliated with Team Fifty, like those kinds of dudes. Those dudes are solid. But the original crew that was like the people that came from the venue that we came over from before, which 
a fucking home guest house. But Megan Gevers is shit, though. I still fuck with her. But the rest of them was a bunch of fucking bozos. So what happened was that they rolled us over the next spot, and then they know that we have an urban crowd, obviously, quote, unquote, right? So we had a good flow, and all, like we always had the most cracking situation, brought the people through. And it turned into, they. I guess they were trying to figure out their Euro shit, and they're like, oh, we need to keep the room lighting. Then it was just like, nah. So at that point, we dealt with management. And then I think something legally happened with John B and them, and they got sold or whatever, and then Jed and them. And that's when Legendary Tuesday Night started. And that's when that shit started shaking, dude, something different. Yeah, but it's crazy, man. Let me tell you something. Yeah. January 6th, 2021, I think that I'm going to start drinking soup jumu, which is our Haitian <laughs> soup which is the Independence Day thing we do on January 1st every year. I think I'm going to start drinking soup jumu on January 6th because you know what? Today is the day we no longer have to make ourselves small for white people. We no longer have to give a fuck about them saying that we look like savages or, or this, that, the third, because all we have to do is mention January 6th, 2021, and we will never look worse than white people look. Bro, that they day. tried to call us, they tried to call us Thugs and jokes and this and that for looting and rioting and targets. Like we was the first of all, like we was the only one doing it. Like white people wasn't doing it with us. First of all. Second of all, they tried to call us all this. And I'm like, and idiots and dumb. How stupid could you be? Blase blah. How could you go into a Best Buy and break a window at a Best Buy? How dumb could you be? I'm like, how dumb could y'all be? <laughs> At least we walking away with TVs and Nintendo Switches. And nigga, shit. we we stole just taking pictures. We of stole flat screens and Nintendo DSs. These niggas tried right. to steal an election, a whole election. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they tried to steal uh, something that's not even uh, tangible. How sway? How? I ain't gonna lie. All day, I, I was, I was, I was just chilling, watching. Smiling, I was just like, "Damn, this shit ain't got nothing to do with me." But this is entertaining. These motherfuckers is losing their goddamn mind, and I'm enjoying every moment of it. Well, shit, insane. So yeah, this is a day of freedom for us, man. I mean, before before I let you, so moving forward on the Civil States podcast, obviously we um we have our own deck that we partnered up with um our bros at Fuel by Culture and Bicycle Spades to create. Um, well, Bicycle, I should say, which is the biggest card playing company in the world. So this is our Bicycle Spades deck. It's literally made for the game of spades. Like I told you, Dex, I'm going to get you right. I got a package coming your way. Um, I need one of them, man. I, 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 but, I, like, I like I like that. Oh, yeah. Nah, these, these, you're going to love these, man. Um, but yeah, every episode, you know, we're going to share a, a spades is life metaphor, you know, which is going to be brought to you by Bicycle Spades. And I'm going to start it off this week and give, give the first ever Spades is Life metaphor. And after everything we just discussed, my metaphor is Black people were dealt no spades. We were dealt no spades. Like the hand we were given, like one mm. of the things I thought about today is the hand that we were given historically, we started with no spades in our hand. You know, that's a misdeal. Mm. Normally you would throw it out, but they didn't give us an opportunity to misdeal it. And we literally had a couple of jacks, maybe a 10 of spades. I mean, not mm. with no spades, actually. Maybe a 10 of hearts mm. or something. 
but we didn't have nothing in our hand and we found a way to be competitive, right? We're down a hundred points, a blind six, a blind seven could get us right back in the game. That's where we are right now. So when I look at white people wilding out, they got all the spades in their hand and they don't know what to do with themselves. That's my spades metaphor. Um, spades is life metaphor is that we were, we were dealt no spades, man. We were dealt no spades. I, I love that. This, this nigga spitting. I love the, that was <laughs> word. That's I, a retweet. <laughs> now that, 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 that's a that's something that's going in. It's gonna be in a meme. Yeah, Ooh. man. We gonna we gonna that's we gonna put it out there. Me. Now, before I let you go, I'm not gonna let you off the hot seat, Dex. The last topic I want to okay. chop it up with you about is, like we said, dating in the pandemic, man. How has it been? Have you tried online dating? Are you just scouring the gram? Like, what, what's the process? <laughs> like, I see Prop getting nervous I mean, already. Nigga, I'm coming for you next. Yeah, nigga. Prop's, like, <laughs> right. Prop's, Prop's like, rolling his neck. Like Prop's start rolling his no, neck. I'm like, oh, shit. I don't know. I'm, I'm fortunate. It's dating is, dating and hard. Dating's hard in LA, period. Right, first and foremost, I think mm. it's, it's really hard to find the, the real from the foe, especially when it comes to, uh, you know, I'm not trying to disrespect females, but you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of only fans, there's a lot of all that happening out here right now, and that's just not really my wave. That's not really what I'm looking for out of a girl or a partner at the moment. Um, but I will say this: I'm fortunate enough to be in the industry where people are frequently getting tested, right? Like, like you have, like you know, when you're on set you gotta be getting X amount of tests, right? So like, if I'm talking to a, a girl, um, you know, I'm talking to a shorty who is- Wait, when you say test, you mean COVID tests? COVID test. Oh, right. I was like, wait, what? He said, actually, he said, actresses don't got STDs. I said, wait, what? Like, nah, nigga, I ain't never say that. Who said that? That's no, 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 no. You're not gonna retweet that. We we got one quote from the night, Gregory. And it was your shit about spades. You ain't gonna do that to me. Nah, I'm talking about like COVID tested, right? So meaning like because there's people in the industry who are getting filmed constantly, like who are on set constantly and need to get COVID tested constantly. That that means if I'm feeling COVID free and I'm getting tested constantly for my projects. You don't got it. I don't got it. What's the difference between what we was doing originally? So, you know, just trying to find people along the lines in the entertainment industry, you know, uh, who who I'm close with and who so I. So, are you a blue check? Are like. you a blue check only type of? Is that the status you're in now? Like, not you not usually. Check? Not usually, you know what? But as you elevate your squad and your surroundings, <laughs> elevate, right? So. You know, as I'm elevating in the blue check realm, there's you know there's females in the blue check realm who I'm not who I'm like coming in contact with. You talking? You know what I'm saying? Like you are who you surround yourself with. So it's not necessarily just about the elitism or the elite caliber of women who because they got a check by their name. It's just because that's who I'm mingling with. Dingling so are you, with, you know what I'm saying? Like, are you not doing ahead, the ahead. dating gaps at all? Like, I know there's one that's well, just was, for, like, celebrities. I forget what it's yeah, called. Raya? Raya? Raya. Raya. Yeah, yeah. I was on that for a little bit. I was on that for a little bit. Um, but that's... I'm not even really the dating app kind of guy. Never really... Like, I, I remember when, when Tinder first came out, I got one thing and this shit was... The, you know what I'm saying? Me and my ex-girlfriend broke up. I was like, fuck, I can get one. Um, but I'm, that's not even really my steez, man. I'm, I'm really traditional in the sense of, I, I crave connection and communication, especially when it comes to a female 
know what I'm saying? Even if not even just on some like, you know, like let's go home and have a good night kind of drawing, but like across the board, like even if I'm gonna have a one night with a woman, I need to connect with you to realize I need to know what you're about, what your surroundings are. You know what I'm saying? We need to have that conversation at the bar or at the party so that I at least know what I'm going home with. And it's the same in relationships for me right now. So and I'm also not in that position, man, truly, where I'm dating for sport anymore. Um, I'm 29. I'll be 30 this year. I mean, I'm blessed to be in a position in my career where this can happen finally and it can happen in the right way. And I'm not looking for anybody who I'm who I, I'm not looking to start dating girls who I need to worry about who they know who said that they could have this moment with Dexter or that who could say that they had that moment with Dexter. I'm just I'm building my own empire and I'm looking for somebody to build that with. So dating right now from the pandemic for me was don't get me wrong, in 2020 I had my fun and I was able to, you know, and to to meet and and have, you know, good times with 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 ladies, but um that's not really where I'm at. So, you know, I believe what's gonna come to me is what's gonna come to me and it's gonna happen at the right time, especially with the position and with the with the mentality that I have in life right now. So even in taking that in 2021, man, I'm not I'm not just looking for a shorty who I can smash and pass. I'm looking for a wife. And that's the real spill. Keeping uh, yeah, it a butt. Feel that. How, how, how about y'all fellas, man? Prop, since you was rolling your neck, tell me what all this stress is about. Are you are you first of all, Prop, are you are you um on to the online dating thing? Is that something you're into or man, I don't get too much in my personal life on here, but <laughs> Yo, man, this dude's a whole dub, man. He's <laughs> just gonna dodge. I've done the online dating thing. I have. And how do you feel about it? Like, do you feel like it's it's you know, a feasible it's, method? You know, this is one of those things where it's just like, in my experience, you you meet extremes. Like, it's very polarizing personalities, is what I'll call it. Like. It's just like some people are really on there for like marriage. Some people are on there like looking for a sperm donor. Like something like yo, I. It's not for everybody. <laughs> like you know I'm saying, that's just an experience. <laughs> that's just an experience. But yeah, uh, yeah, nah, <laughs> that must be. Reg, what about you? No now? dating apps for problem. Um, so for me, um. Like I've dabbled and dabbled on on dating apps before, for sure. Um, but I I'm like I don't like getting um, just starting brand new conversations over and over and over and over, right? Like I'm I'm I see where where Dexter's head head is at. Like like yo, I made a decision a long time ago that I didn't I wasn't trying to talk to women who I didn't generally like. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So. I would never, I don't have time to be talking to someone just to fuck them. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. <laughs> That's a job, bro. This brings to- That's what I'm saying. This is a job. It's too much energy I'm wasting, whatever. Like, like my my biggest dating app before probably um, was fucking Instagram. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, like mm-hmm. that, that's, but, but you know, COVID obviously slowed it down. I was damn, we, we was locked down 24 hours a day and fucking, uh, um, like the first four months, you know what I mean? Uh, me and Greg at his his mother's house and shit like that. So, um, listen, it's it's tough. It's tough. Um, I've had an entanglement or two. Um, 
Come on, entanglement. It's two. Entanglement. Or two. I I enjoy I enjoy my peace also. You know what I mean? I I've yeah, been man. That's the, that's my thing too, right? I'm right with you, bro. I'm right with you, bro. And the sense of like, I, I and and you know I'm not trying to sound egotistical in this way, and I don't and I want to make sure I get the G's, uh, to where G is. But like, so much of my peace, especially coming in 2020, was, you know, being isolated with myself, growing to love myself more, and also growing to like really being able to lock in and focus on. How to, how to start taking what I've been able to receive in my career and start expanding on that in a way that not many people have the opportunity to. And when you're giving so much, and even when you give your body to somebody, bro, that's energy that y'all are exchanging, right? That's so if you're not even on that same way, if, we, if we're not on that same wave, then why, why are we doing this? Why am I doing this? Why, like, like I, don't get me wrong, listen, bro. I, I, I like getting my rocks off. I've done it before. You know what I'm saying? Everybody had their moments, but like, but right now, 29, I'm like, I'm not, I'm, I'm turning 30 this year. I'm like, you know, if I meet the right person or if I'm going to find the right person, I can't be giving my time and energy yeah. to people who I don't think that I could build with. My uncle one time, a long time ago, dog, said some cold shit to me and it really didn't register or resonate with me until like, maybe two years ago, he said, listen, nephew, I'm going to keep it a bean. He said, don't sleep with nobody who you can't see yourself getting pregnant. 100%. And I was like, I yeah. agree with that. 100%. I was like, what? That's a like, but what about her? Yeah. Like, what if I strap a tool on? What do you mean? He was like, nah, because A, you never know what can happen. And B, that means that you are giving your, you're giving yourself to somebody. You know what I'm saying? And, and I've disregarded that information until a, a, a very, very, until two years ago, when I finally really started breaking it down and being like, okay, I'm going to stop running these streets and I'm going to start loving myself a little bit more. And when you start doing that, you start realizing that the same, the same women or, you know, don't get me wrong, bro. You can scroll, you can scroll to the explore page and find some dimes and be, <laughs> and be, and be, and be shook. But is that really what your priorities are? And if that's your priority, exactly. then, then where's the bread? Then what's your priority about getting the bread? It's what's like, your priority about I'm, elevating? So how are you actually allocating to do that? Right. So that so the first 200%. thing I want to say is your uncle is is this the same uncle who played ball at Seton Hall? <laughs> no. Oh, okay. I wish. But, I was but, about to but say, it, hang that man's it, jersey up. Hang that man's right, jersey right, up, right, cause right, he he he. Right, that's right, a real OG. That's Shout out to Uncle Thor. that's OG shit right there. And yeah, you know, for me, you sound like me coming into 2020. So funnily enough, at the start of 2020, I cleared the roster. I emptied the bench, as they would say. Mm-hmm. I was just like, yo, all the women that I was dealing with, I felt like, um, not saying that I had a crazy roster or anything like that, cause I I don't. The same way you said you can't give your energy to everyone. I don't like to give my energy to a lot of people, especially the type of focus I have on my work and everything. Um, You know, it takes a lot away from me as a professional. So I try to limit who I interact with in that way. But heading into 2020, I was like, yo, women that I've been dealing with, like, you know, I I went to this um, panel where Barry Jenkins, the director of Moonlight and if Beale Street could talk was speaking. And they asked him. Yeah, they asked him, how do you come up with Beale Street? And he he said that a woman gave him, he said he broke up with this girl he was dating. 
and she gave him two James Baldwin novels. And she was like, yo, you need James Baldwin in your life. And that's when he read If Beale Street Could Talk and then eventually ended up writing the movie and eventually ended up directing it. And I just thought about it and I was like, yo, of all the women I've dated, none of them have really given me anything I could leave the situation with. Like looking back at it, mm -hmm. I don't have that moment where it's like, you gave me this thing that stayed with me and affected my life. So I was like, yo, let me clear my roster out because I wanted to start fresh. And, and even just the other day, you know, somebody in one of our group chats asked us like, yo, would you wife this girl and show me the picture? And I was like, yo, I don't care how bad she is. That's not even in my conversation. Off what? Yeah, like that's not in my conversation when it comes to wifing. It's like, okay, there's so many. I'm not trying to wife the baddest chick in the world. I'm trying to wife yeah. the chick that has the things on my list that I'm looking for. So with 2020, I'm not an app dater either. But six, seven months into 2020, you realize like, yo, I'm wasting a year of my prime. These are my prime years. And I'm not nah, meeting anybody. Up. I'm just sitting in my mom's crib with my family. So I'm like, you know what? Let me see what this app life is about. And I quickly learned that I hate to like generalize a certain type of people, but it just seems that a lot of people that are on these apps, it, it almost seems like the stakes are lower to them. They feel like they could get to know you mm. for a couple of weeks and just disappear if they feel like it things you wouldn't do in real mm. life. Cause in real life, you don't throw away human connections like that. But because mm -hmm. you're on an app and it's like, oh, I can just swipe and get another one. You just, all right, I'm gonna just <laughs> throw this shit away. You know what I mean? Like, I'm gonna just right. throw this shit away. Like I go get another one right now. Like, right, you, the mindset, the mindset of dating is we, we, live in a, we live in a time where we're so used to instant satisfaction. Hmm. Instant gratification. We're so man. used to being able to instantly get what we want. Back in our day growing up, if you, like, for instance, like, if you wanted that bacon, egg, and cheese sandwich that you referenced earlier from that bodega, you had to get up, put your clothes on, walk to the store, and go get it. Mm -hmm. If you wanted to meet a girl, you had to get up, go to the bar, go to the club, go to that party, and go, go to the mall. Her. Go to the mall, holler at Shorty, you know what I'm saying? Go in the Foot Locker, see what's cracking. Like, you had to do those things. Now, with the way that society has conformed due to technology, if you want that sandwich, you go on Postmates, you go on Uber Eats, you go on Grubhub. If you want that girl, you go on, you go on, no free promotion, you go on Raya, you go on Instagram. So, you know, you we live in an era of instant satisfaction, which I believe is truly depriving us of the connection that is required to build long and substanding relationships. Yeah, I love that. Um, I, I, was just having a conversation re recently about, um, you know, our our dating experiences are based on what we allow, right? Um, mm -hmm. So if you allow somebody to um, show you who they are, but you continue to believe that they're somebody else, they're gonna show you eventually that they really are who you thought they were, right? Like mm -hmm. you. I don't know if you heard this, the saying, uh, red flags look like six flags when, when, when you like somebody, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, wow. and I think that happens a lot in, in this dating experience, um, not only in the pandemic, but also outside of it, right? Like one of my things I, I always, I always tell, tell women, yo, I'm, I'm not lying to you. You know what I mean? Like someone else, someone else can, can tell you they're going to do this for you. And they're going to, they're going to tell you they, they, um, 
they don't have this woman or that woman, whatever it is, I'm mm-hmm. never about to lie to you about anything. So if if telling the truth is a deal breaker, I can live with that. You know what I mean? Because right. I expect the same from you as well. I, I want you to tell me the truth and I can deal with the hard truths. A lot of people want the truth but can't deal with it. And that's why we have this continual, tenuous like battle instead of building. Because not every relationship has to end up in marriage. Not every relationship has to end up in a, a fight. You know what I mean? Mm. There's people who actually get in relationships and build something unique. You know what I mean? If it's just as friends or just as someone who maybe they put you on to something that you never had, uh, never knew about before, like like what Greg was saying. Right. You know what I mean? It's, and, and there's the there's the whole chicken and the egg aspect of it all that's crazy to me, right? It's like in a COVID world, it's like, let's say you meet someone on Instagram or on some kind of app, right? You have to, a woman will say, yo, take me out, this, that, the third, but you have to decide you like this girl enough to risk getting COVID <laughs> before you're going to take her on a date. And how mm-hmm. do you get to that point without taking her on a date? So it's like trying to get the chicken without the egg. Cause it's like, I gotta know I like you enough to go out here and risk my health. But how do I know I like you mm-hmm. enough if I haven't hung out with you? I'm okay. just text messaging you. I'm supposed to know you're legitimate. And then when I get there, you're a bozo or something. It's right. So it's mm-hmm. a very weird game now where it's just like, for me, I'm not really sure how to operate in this space. So I'm waiting for the world to open up because <laughs> I don't think digitally is the way. I don't think computer love, you know, is, is the computer thing. Love. I think it's created a different like, environment as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like it's created an environment, I think that where it's just, you see like the, not being funny, but like the age gap as well. Like I think a lot of times you're starting to see that younger is very, almost like transactional. Like mm-hmm. it's very like, almost like a business like transactional and as you get older it's i think for men it's a lot of times based on your career or what your ambitions are because like i think it has to do with culture as well right like as black men our cultures to earn be able to provide and be better fathers than the generation of fathers before us now we're in a, as white men they're raised it's like no you have the example of your father by the time you graduate college, you should be looking for your wife and you should be married by 25, 26. And like, it's just a different set of rules. Cause like Greg, what you said, like we never been dealt any spades, right? So a lot of times mm-hmm. we're set with the, like, just, and that becomes a trauma. And that's the whole therapy aspect where it's like, we deal with a lot of different shit. Pardon me, my friend. We, 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 we as black men are not- he don't, like, he don't like nothing you're saying right now. <laughs> <laughs> nothing, not fucking with at all. It's like, like you a dog too. What you talking about? We was just into the skin. Yeah. Yeah, that's the shit that right. as black men, we aren't we aren't taught necessarily to be vulnerable in that aspect. Um we're you know, we we are built with like you said, man, with the hands we were dealt, we didn't have the opportunity to even allot that as an option Facts. in terms of truly being able to open up with somebody, in terms of truly being able to establish a connection. And so that's where this whole awful thing comes, like 
this whole awful narrative that black men, all black men cheat, whoop do whoop, all that in the third. That's not even that's not even remotely near the case. It's just you know we 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 aren't necessarily taught or groomed or 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 bred to communicate in a way that is that often that is healthy um, yeah. because because we are we got to worry about so much other shit. We can't just love. Because I got to worry about if I'm walking into 7-Eleven, if I'm going to be asked about my receipt. We can't just love because I'm worried about if I'm going to the restaurant to take my girl on a date, them motherfuckers might are just automatically assuming because of the color of my skin and the way that I'm dressed that I'm going to skip out on the bill. So it's like, you know, we already have crazy, crazy, crazy. We, we come into the situation with so many things against us that it doesn't even really allow us the opportunity to do that, which is why I think it's so important for us to be so specific with how we date, especially now, man, especially now, with who we allow into our energy and with who we allow into our space. And can you understand that? Can you understand why I'm sitting at the TV angry, mad, happy, sad about what happened today on January 6th? Mm-hmm. Can you understand what that range of emotion means? You know yeah. what I'm saying? Can you, un- can you comfort me in that? That's a big you thing. You know what I'm saying? Or is it just about... Preaching yeah. Preaching yeah, it's real like, facts, are we man. just talking about what I just... The last post I made. Like, what is the difference? How can we incorporate this new generation of young Black men who are not only ready to step up and assume the mantle of what it means to be a father, but also what it means to be a husband, or also what it means to be a significant other and a partner for somebody? Yeah. Like, if, if we continue to walk and pay the like the path of the narrative that we are just looking for the quick smash or the quick double tap or the quick this shorty's bad would you wife her nigga does she like what i like exactly yo mm-hmm. yo that that's perfect right because one i'm like i'm like yo first of all i'm the type of guy i, I don't like anyone who don't like me right so i don't waste right. time on people who, who, who don't like me right mm-hmm. I, I think i think not, not for not for nothing um Getting a woman is not that hard. Just like a, a woman getting a man is not that hard, right? I think it's 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 what you build after that, right? But sure. but also as men, as young men who are growing and and have these great perspectives, right? We like for me personally, I know that my job is if if someone I know is a domestic abuser, right? Is not taking care of their kids, right? I'm either checking them or not dealing with them at all, right? Mm-hmm. Because that is that is that's the that's one of the first steps of removing like that inadequate part of us uh, uh, from our lives. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. we have to we have to develop a culture where we don't accept just like we don't accept snitches. You know what I mean? We don't accept that part as well you know what i mean mm, so and mm. it helps bridge the gap because I, I i really believe generalizations are killing the black like black love stories you know what Could i mean not agree with you could not agree with you more brother like, you Ooh, know what i mean like, that was like, heavy all men all men cheat um all men are dogs uh women are hoes women want money you yeah. know what i mean it's like these things are it doesn't start conversations it starts arguments yeah, it's tiring. That's just and it dog. makes us in yeah, and it makes us insecure when we're going out and looking for a partner. 
man. Perfect. Because we're already we're already so it's conditioning you to believe it. Yes, exactly, Greg. We already have this preconceived notion as to what they're going to be like because of the template that we continuously set in our communities. And I think which is why. Especially so if you're in a certain environment or if they think you're of a certain industry, like everyone on this line, we all work in entertainment. And you know, it's like to work in entertainment, there's automatically a stigma. Like I'm, I spend a lot of late night in studios. The automatic assumption is a whole lot of weed smoking, a whole lot of strippers. Not really the narrative. It's usually a whole bunch of niggas. It's very hot, a whole bunch of weed smoke. And it's a whole lot of debate, whether it's basketball or music or listening to vinyl. But the preconceived notion, because of love and hip hop, it's like, we got a bunch of half-naked bitches running around. Pardon me, cool, not to call women bitches, but that's the stigma, right? And it's a whole bunch of singles, and it's a whole bunch of weed smoke. Like, that's not really what my life is, bro. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, and I deal with artists in all different age gaps. Like, one of the artists that we deal with, he's about to be 17. Do you really think that his mother's really sitting there tossing singles with us, talking about, like, where the hoes at? Like, right. So, well, well, one thing is, whether you're, whether you're looking for it or not, I am wishing, um, and just to close everything out, I mean, I'm wishing you guys all in 2021 that that Black queen that defies generalizations and um, rises above it. Because for me, honestly, I'm at the point where I'm just like, yo, I, I don't need to be in the game no more, man. I need a chick I can build with, build some, um, build an empire with. Like Dex said, man, it's like, yo, I'm at a point in my career where I know it's only going up from here. And it's like, mm -hmm. I don't want to get there and then have that distrust of everyone. You look at what's happening with Dr. Dre. Right. It's like, I don't want to be looking for a wife when I'm worth yada yada amount of money. Like, nah, that's not. Right. That's, then you're looking left and right, trying to figure out who's who, what's what. You're like, yo, I don't want to be a, I don't want to have the stigmatism when I look at somebody in the face and tell them, yo, one of my biggest goals in my life Sure, I want to win an Emmy. Sure, I want to win a Grammy. Sure, I want to win an Oscar. Sure, I want to win a Tony. I want to do it all. Fuck it. Why not, right? But one of my biggest things is truly, I want to be a dad and I want to be a husband. Because then that's going to be the lineage that will carry on the empire that I worked so hard to build on the opposite side. And when you say that, it's so asinine to the world and to the communities nowadays. People look at you like, A, you lying, or B, you got six heads. And I'm like, why can't that be our narrative as black men? No, but it, this is the thing. That, that's exactly what I was about to say, though. It's so crazy that the narrative is. It's scary to hear a black man say, I want to be a husband. I want to be a father, right? Like, we all say things like, oh, you hear people say, I want to have Wait, kids. not even just a husband and a father. I want to be a good husband. And I want to be good. a good father. Exactly. Yeah. So that's like the thing that we're not taught that. It's almost like, like you said, they look at you crazy when you say shit like that. So mm -hmm. then it's like, how is this healthy? You're gonna tell me that there's not trauma or a whole bunch of conditioning to condone the bullshit? Like, there's no positive light there. It's all, like, even the way it says, I wanna have kids. It's not, I wanna be a good father. Like, that's not what we're taught. And then when we do say that, we look at like we tripping. Mm -hmm. Facts. Facts, man, this was a great combo, man. The first one of 2021. Dex, thank you, man, for joining us. We're appreciate man, cheers, fellas, man. Cheers, today cheers, was an cheers, emotional man. day, and it was cool to just, you know, play some spades. You know, me and Dex got that W. 
You know, like most times, Definitely. like most times, me and Dex sit down together. We gonna get that W. Oh, we so. gonna have to run that back though. We gonna run that back. We gonna run it back. We'll run it back. We'll run it back at a time when y'all feel like y'all are prepared and ready. Next time, next time we run it back, we are gonna be playing with these these bicycle spades. Cards. Yeah, we need those. We're gonna, yeah, gonna pull up on Dex. We're gonna pull up on Dex in LA, and um, come on out, man. We are gonna get that Roscoe's. The four of us look like the four of these guys. Oh, <laughs> hell yeah. Facts, 100%. Yeah, but yeah, like man, Dex, these guys. Dex, before you get out of here, man, you know, tell the people where they can find you and what you got coming up, man. I definitely want to have an opportunity for our audience to really tap into your movement. Yeah, man. Well, I appreciate that. Um, yeah, I'm Dexter Darden. Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook at Dexter Darden. That's D-E-X-T-E-R-D-A-R-D-E-N. And, you know, um, yeah, 2020 was a crazy year. Who knows what 2021 has in store? But, you know, you can still catch me on Peacock, Saved by the Bell. You can still go on Hulu and check out The Binge. You can still buy Burden on Amazon and, you know, on Apple TV. And hopefully we'll be talking next time we sit down and do this interview. We'll be finishing up season two of Saved by the Bell. And also look out for Son of the South, which is coming out um, at sometime this year. I don't know if it's – who knows, you know, COVID. But um, it's a movie about, about a true story about – um, a young white man played by Lucas Till, who was a member of SNCC at the time, which I don't know if you all know, which was the African-American SNCC, movie. Yep. Yeah, of course. Um, so he was a member of SNCC, and it was about how he, due to his legal knowledge and background, was a guy who came and had these incredible encounters with Rosa Parks, Reverend Ralph Abernathy, Martin Luther King Jr., and John Lewis. And I was blessed enough and had the fortunate uh, opportunity to play John Lewis, rest in peace. So um, that's coming out sometime this year. And then, you know, we'll just be on the lookout for, for other things in store, man. Thank you guys so much for having me. Um, really enjoyed the opportunity, not just playing cards with y'all, man, but having really open and honest conversations and dialogue as, as four black men, man, this kind of stuff is important. And it's rare. It's rare, yeah. but it doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be. Yeah. To yeah. us, it's just another game of spades, and this is how it <laughs> evolves, right? But to, the, but to the public, to what they see, this is rare. So let's go ahead and continue to make things like this happen and keep it open and honest and available. And I'm, I'm really grateful that y'all guys were able to have me. No, appreciate sir. Thank you, my dog. Yeah, yes, sir. All right, y'all. I'm going to holler at y'all, man. Thank you so okay. much, man. Yo, thank you, Dutch. Yeah. Thank you, yes, Dutch.